My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 264, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 14. Before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. I've got your picture, I've got your picture, I'd like a million of you all over myself. I want a doctor to take your picture, so I look at you from inside as well. You've got me turning up and down, I'm turning in, I'm turning out, I'm turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so. I'm turning Japanese, I think I'm German, turning Japanese, I really think so. Do you know, I didn't think I'll struggle so much <laughs> with that ultra intro, but I did. The thing is, we're turning Japanese. What is the intro, Dan? Well, that was quite racist, the alternate intro, I believe, but... um. <laughs> Anyway, well, for the first time ever, the WNR podcast, go to Japan and watch NJPW. Yeah, for those who don't know or never watched NJPW, here is a brief history. NJPW, or New Japan Pro Wrestling, was formed way back in January 1972 by Antonio Inoki. Yeah, he was basically the kind of Vincent Mann of Japan, anybody doesn't know. The promotion of Salty Ukes, who later sold it to Bushy Road in 2012. TV Asia and Amuse Inc. own a minority shares of the company. Nagaka Sugabashi has served as promotions chairman since September 2013, while Harold Mage has served as a president of promotions since May 2018. Well, owing to its TV program aired on TV Asahi, NJPW is the largest professional wrestling promotion in Japan. It was affiliated with the NWA or the National Wrestling Alliance at various points in its history. NJPW has had agreements with various MMA and professional wrestling promotions around the world, including WWE, WCW, AWA, WCCW, IPW, WAR, UWFI, Ring of Honor, Pride Fighting Championships and Jersey All-Pro Wrestling. Well, NJPW's biggest event is the January 4th Tokyo Dome show, held each year since 1992 and currently promoted under the Wrestle Kingdom banner. Which is what we are watching today, and for the first time it was held over two nights. Yeah, we're going to bring you the action from both nights, plus reaction and ratings from the event. Well, let's have a quick run through the card of both events. Yeah, so Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, January 4th, we had the Justin Jushin Thunder Liger, and it was Jushin Thunder Liger with Tatsumi Fujinama, the Great Suzuki and Tiger Mask 4, versus Naiko Sano, Shiro Otani, Tatsukio Tawa and Rizuki Taguchi. Uh, I've just got to say, first of all, I'll just stop that. Look, this is the first time we're watching NJPW, so maybe we're not going to be 
fade with the names, whether it is. I mean, we're really excited that it's on the podcast, but obviously we might not, you know what I mean? We might not get it down packed first hand, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, the second match is an eight-man tag team match. Los Ingo Burnables de Japón, or, uh, who are Sanada, Evil, Shingo Takagi and Bushi versus Suzuki Gun, which is Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki, Tachi and El Desperado. We've got an eight-man tag team match, which is Chaos, Hiroki Gotso, Tomohiro Ishii, Toru Yano, and Yoshi Hashi versus the Bullet Club, which is Kenta, Bad Luck Fail, Chase Owens, and Yuri Takahashi. We've got an IWGP Tag Team Championship match, the Gorillas of Destiny, which is Tamatonga and Tangaloa, versus Finn Juice, who is Juice Robinson and David Finley, the son of Fit Finley. We've got IWGP US Heavyweight Championship Texas Death Match, Lance... Archer versus John Moxley. We've got an IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match, which is Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi. We've got IWGP Intercontinental Championship match, which is Jay White versus Tetsuya Nato. We've got an IWGP Heavyweight Championship match, Kazuchiya Okada versus Kota Ibushi. And then we move on to day two. Two. It's January 5th, 2020. We've got Jushin Thunder Liger Retirement Match 2. Two. And that's Jushin Thunder Liger and Nakoi Sano versus Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee. We've got an IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship Match Bullet Club, Taramoshu and Al Fantasmo versus Rapongo 3K, Show and Yo. We've got the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonada. We've got the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship, Lance Archer or John Moxley versus Juice Robinson. We got the Never Openweight Championship match, Kenta versus Hiroki Goto. We've got the singles match, loser of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match versus loser of the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match from the previous day. We've got a single match, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. And we've got the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and IWGP Intercontinental Championship. It's the Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion from the first night. So let's get started. Yes, and we start what better way than night one. So, of course, it was January 4th, 2020. Like I say, bear with us here, but we are excited to bring you the action from the Tokyo Dome. Well, the first match, it was Mayu Iwatani and Arisha Hoshiki versus Gila and Hana Kimura. Yeah, this, like the <laughs> this match did not air on the live broadcast. It once he won the match for a team by putting Kimura after hitting a moonsault. Hannah and Gia did not get along. Uh, we had a great bash heel. Tamaki, Hinoma and Togi Makabe. Uh, Yuya Emura and Yota Tsui versus Toa Henari. Alex Kulahi, Clark Connors. And Carl Fred Fredericks. Henair won the match for his team with a rock bottom and pin on Tatsu. Henair looked really good in this match. We had Ten Kozoi, Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima versus Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakahashi. Tenzan won the match for his team by pinning Nakahashi. You see what I'm doing now? I'm giving you all the matches. Uh, is this the match you're watching now? No. Uh, we had Jushin Thunder Liger, Tatsui Fujinami, the great Satsuki and Tiger Mask with El Samurai versus Nakoi Sano, Shinjiro Otani, Tatsuito Takahiwa, 
and Ryushi Taguchi. It was the first match on the main portion of the show. Liger picked the participants of this match as he wanted old friends and rivals to be in the ring with him. Liger started the match with Sano. Things broke down with everyone fighting around ringside in the closing minutes of the match. Taguchi won with a sit-down chicken wing slam on Liger. He pinned Liger to win the match for his team. Liger's final match is tomorrow night. Liger still go for a few more years. We had uh, loss... Ingo Bernabales de Capon, uh, Evil Sanada, Shingo Takagi and Bushi versus Suzuki Gun, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr. and El Desperado. Well, Zack Sabre Jr. won the match for his team by forcing Bushi to submit to the omelette plate. Great action in this match. Sanada and Sabre Jr. briefly went at it after the match and they will face off tomorrow night. And then we had Chaos, uh, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toru Yanu, and Yoshi Heishi versus the Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Kenta, and Yujiro Takahashi. This is a good match. Late in the match, there was a nice looking brain buster by Ishii onto Bad Luck Fale. Got to pin Takahashi to win the match for his team. Well, we leave night one for now and go on to night two. Two! And we start off with the never openweight six man tag team championship gauntlet match. The most violent players, Togo Makabe and Turiyano and Rizuki Taguchi, the champions versus Chaos, Tomorrow Hishi, Yushihashi and Robbie Eagles versus Los Ingalobes, Japan, El Shingo, Takahagi and Bushi versus Suzuki Gun, Tachi, El Desperado and YouTube Kanamara versus Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fail. Yuri Takahashi, and of course Chase Owens. School Yoshinobu, YouTube, Kanimaru. <laughs> look, I'm sure, I'm look, sure that we, exactly. we got there in the end. <laughs> you got nowhere near that in the end. <laughs> well, this was a pre show match, and the match started with Bullet Club versus Chaos. Bullet Club was eliminated with Ishii pinning Finley. Up next in the match was Suzuki Gun. Robbie Eagles pinned Kanimaru, so the Suzuki Gun was eliminated. Up next to enter the match was Los Ingobi Japon. Evil pinned Ishii to eliminate Chaos. It seemed like a botch that looked like it could have been a two count. Two. But the referee said it was a three count. Three. Up next in the match was the most violent players. Bushi blinded Taguchi with the miss to the face. And then he was pinned by Takagi after he hit the Made in Japan finisher and there was new champs crown. Wow, what a great way to start. Well, we start watching the action from the second night and it's Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement match. After debut in 1984, President of Japan, most fans were known for his time with WWE face for Mysterio and others, and more recently facing Tyler Breeze at TakeOver Brooklyn. <coughs> well, yeah, so we do go on to Jushin Thunder Liger and Nakoi Sano with Yakushi Fujiwara, the inventor of the Fujiwara armbar. Versus Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee. Yeah, so here we go. So the last time ever we will see Jushin Thunder Liger making his entrance in professional wrestling. Like I said, one has had over the last 25 years and so in so many different promotions. And I think that's what helps it. You know, we talk about New Japan and its connections with other promotions throughout the years. It has worked a lot with um, with others, you know, with WSW in America. And of course, here, even with Liger coming over and getting an appearance... In um, WWE. Who the fuck is that? Do you know, in preparation for this, I've watched the first six episodes of James May, Our Man in Japan, where oh. he travels from the south of Japan all the way up to the north of Japan. Any good? It is actually very interesting. I'm, I'm a huge fan of James May. And, you know, it's him kind of coming out a bit out of his comfort zone doing certain things. It's very, very fun. So what do you think? Well, as we see Liger coming out, and it is a kind of iconic entrance. I think it looks spectacular where we are at the moment. You know, you look at the... Um, 
we can see it's a stadium like feel as they've got most of the attendance kind of sold out fireworks as well it's you know w say it's the biggest in show but this is an impressive setting isn't it absolutely yeah it's um it feels nice like you know the atmosphere around it um you know especially making a huge deal out of jushin thunder liger someone who certainly deserves the respect from uh the new japan pro wrestling kind of franchise i like the elevated stage as they come down as well you know it kind of gives you a more of a you know, you can see what's going on feel to things. Exactly. And, of course, the kind of pageantry as well that kind of Japan brings in that way, the colourful outfits that they're wearing. Of course, Liger just looks like a Power Ranger as he comes out uh, for action. And a spectacular way to go out for a man who's kind of wrestled everybody who's anybody in the Cruiserweight division. You talk about your Dean Malinkos, your Eddie Guerrero's, your Chris Jericho's. And, like we said, even recently in Japan as well, fighting people like Will Ospreay and Zach Sabre Jr., AJ Styles, Shizuki Nakamura. The man's been there and done it. He's been everywhere and done everyone. And it is an iconic look for a wrestler as well. That's what I like about He looks him. like the Red Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, the man has to be at least 72 years old. At least 85. But he can still go if he wanted to. But he's going to go out in this way on top. And like last night, he lost. Tonight, could he go out and lose an effort? But isn't that like a kind of true legend as well, going out on his sword? Well, putting other yeah, people over, you know. That is the samurai way as well, funnily enough. Um, you know, not only that, but giving someone else the rub on the way out as well, you know. It's like to say, like, you know, you've pinned an absolute legend of the business. Um, but don't get me wrong, you know, it would be lovely to see Liger to get a victory in his last ever match. I think without a doubt. And now the uh, the Hill team, as it was, going to argue. But it looks like Takahashi is going to start with Liger. Well, he's a pretty fellow, isn't he? He is. He's, uh, red bits in his hair. And I say this is all available. I don't know if we mentioned tonight. We we said it was going to be on Fight TV. And it was like $50 for the two shows. But New Japan World, as it's known, and you can get the English version of it, offers it for 999 yen, which is about £7 uh, a month, which is well worth it and saves me a lot of money. Plus, all the New Japan action now, every month is available to watch. You can get it through a fire stick, and that's what we've got. Plugged in now, of course, along with like Impact Plus and, and other wrestling networks. Plugged into our 240-inch telly. <laughs> yeah, Ultra 4K, high definition. And it's good. It's a good picture as well. It looks, you know, crisp. I might that might not be up to you know upscaling HD, but well, we did see it live, but you know, we're just <laughs> watching it again on telly. You can see Liger backing up uh, Takahashi, who will be facing Will Ospreay on our show later. For his title. For the title, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. A title that Liger has won on numerous occasions. Like we said, the man is an ultimate legend. So we've seen kind of like Japanese wrestling come to the WWE in uh, some way, shape or form. You know, uh, are, are there any different rules we should be on the lookout for? Is there, you know, is anything different that, you know, might not appear in... The American versions of the wrestling or the British versions of wrestling? Yeah, I think that with the referee, it's, it's kind of more of the same standard, if you know what I mean. What we're going to see less of in this and what you do in Japan is less kind of DQs, count-outs and outside interference. Usually that happens after the match has taken place. It's going to be a kind of... It's another sort of style to settle in. It's a style that British fans and British people around the world will be accustomed to because you kind of got the kind of technical aspect of it, but of course the strong style that is involved as well. But as for kind of rules, the referee is very quiet and the crowd will start off the match 
you know, and they'll give it enough respect and then they'll finally build up to it as well. Japanese fans might go mental, but you will see them kind of getting involved as well. Also, do we see a lot of respect after the match? Because, um, you know, again, a thing I've saw through watching uh, that James May series is that, um, you know, even if you win, you're not hollow in victory. You know, you're you're still res- very respectful, victorious, or if, you, if you're on the losing side. Yeah, well, there's it, a couple of things to that. You always get respect, you know, you will all, unless there's a kind of rivalry or feud going on, but in the end, you kind of always see it. But Japan has got a couple of things going for it. First off, in Japan, it, wrestling is treated like a sport. So it's up there. So it has that kind of genuine respect like football does in this one, you know, in this in this country, so to speak. Wrestling is that big in Japan. So that the wrestlers are treated like pure athletes as well. It's seen as a kind of, not a real thing, but because of course hard-hitting action, more of a sport. And also another thing they do quite well is the bringing up of the wrestlers. You talk about developmental. They all start off as a kind of junior just wearing black trunks. And they have to earn their character and earn the respect as they go through. And they'll go to other places around the world to kind of hone their craft and then come back. So you see someone getting a push or in a position. And it means they've worked hard over five or seven years, which again earns the respect for kind of everyone. And that's I, what, you know what I mean? I like that kind of uh, aspect to the, uh, to the way, so to speak, you know, to earn... Like, you know, you've got to earn your character. Yeah. You know, you start off for the first five, five to seven years just being a bland character. Um, and, you know, you've kind of got to let it... Your, your wrestling speak limited time on the mic speak for itself. And then, you know, when they finally realise that, you know, you are something good, you can get a character, you can develop that character. You, you kind of, you know, you get an entrance theme fitting to a character as well. I think that is absolutely brilliant. You will not see a wrestler push just because of 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 anything really in Japan. Just because of who their dad is. Or dad was. is, you know, even a kind of guy just comes in, even in the monster, will have to earn his keep, you know. So, uh, and that's what you'll you'll see here. And this is why develop such great talent as well throughout the years, and other talent around the world. You know, people like AJ Styles and people like this have gone to Japan to kind of hone their craft because they know that the people here. Uh, wrestling comes first more than anything else and then when you've got someone like Liger who can transcend that with the character he's got just shows how special he really is but he's in a bit of trouble at the moment Takahashi with the help of his partner Lee have been able to work down Liger and you can see even the amount of uh, photographers and like ringside as well it will all be in the uh, newspapers tomorrow and that's the thing you go to the back page of a, a Japanese newspaper you're going to have wrestling there that is the kind of main thing that is quite cool as opposed to on in the star, I think it's on a Thursday, and there's kind of like a, a one, maybe a two-page spread over it. But um, you know, again, like there's there's been uh, I think Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, and Trent Seven. They appeared on Good Morning Television, GMTV. You know, uh, Morning TV, talking about their vegan and being a wrestler, and you know, certain other things. So you know, it is kind of getting a few more eyes on it. Without a doubt, you know, I think that's what's important when you look at the kind of um, the, the way British wrestling is at this moment in time. And, and in Japan, that's why WWE haven't been able to go there because of New Japan Pro Wrestling and other companies here are keeping it strongly. You know, they don't need someone else to come in trying to help them out like a kind of NXT UK. They can try to buy a couple of companies which were turned down. And they'll say that New Japan is not kind of big leagues, but you can definitely see here with the kind of even the way I look at the cameras and you know, the the way it is. Well, you know, just noticing it, they've got kind of different, they've got the boxing style turnbuckle pads, they've got kind of like the boxing 
advertisements in the ring as well. You know, you've got Zima, TVSI, and, you know, certain other advertisements in the ring. Without that, and I think it's really cool. Look, and even like you said, the, the, the ceiling, so to speak, the, the top of the building where you can see, it just kind of looks, it, you know, the, the, the Tokyo Dome is a very special place, you know, over the years for Japanese wrestling. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure just to see it now. So is this why we don't get a WWE show in Tokyo as much? Yes, that's why they don't. You know, the, the Japanese fans look at WWE as a kind of more uh, commercialized, comedy, commercialized kind of not as real. You know, like I said, the, the styles, every strike that you're going to see here is going to be on the ball because that's what they got to do. Because if you don't hit it properly, you're not going to be in the job. You know, and that's yeah. the, that's a problem. But Sano's in for his partner Liger, and he's uh, been fighting Lee in this match. Both men definitely bringing it, and it's a different style as well. Like I say, it's, it's you talk about the the talent in WWE. It's it's around the world. Every wrestler is like looking for the tag. Absolutely, and you know you can see that they're telling a story. You know, even though this is Jushin Thunder Liger's final match, and it is kind of supposed to all be about him, it seems like you know it isn't. It's about all four men in the match, and you know the the things that they can bring to it. As well as, um, you know, it's them trying to get the push over Thunder Liger and his partner. And, you know, Tanahishi. Tanahishi. He's trying to prove himself, you know, like I'm the champion. I've got a match coming up. You know, I'm, I've got to win this. It, the, you know, this is just, he's asked for me in this match. Yeah. You know, as opposed to me wanting this match. It's a young line, you know. Like I said, he wants to show. You can see by the vicious forearm shots of just a beating down a Liger when he got the tag in. Liger manages a power bomb low, manages to keep the mask on, and gets a reception that he deserves. And now just standing over him with palm strikes. And now Liger got Takahashi, but no. Dragon Lee manages to stop him and sends Liger's partner off the apron. And now we can see a bit of flying. Takahashi grabs both Sano and Liger. Here comes Lee. And that was a thing of beauty there. Didn't even touch the top rope. He flew at least 12 feet there. At least 14 feet. Liger, Certainly still got the agility. Liger managed to move out of the way of it, get the advantage, and now it looks like the face team has got it all going. Liger now has got Takahashi. Going to maybe try and set him up for Liger Bomb. Goes for the cover. No, kick out. Uh, well, Takahashi managed to get the shoulder up, but Liger now looking to put him away. He knows it'll be the last time he'll be seen in professional wrestling. And again, this one's certainly been a bit of a slow burner. You know, the action has been steady going up to it. And now you kind of see it's coming towards the closing sequences that it's starting to get a bit more fired up and the fans are getting more into it. And, you know, even the performers are getting more into it. A brain buster suplex from Liger. What I like about it more than anything else is the fact that every move matters. Like I said, you know, the... Liger response from the clothesline there, even the kind of brain buster. Every every move makes sense. And now we're going to see Lee try and fly again. Taipei Suicida. It takes out Sano, sends him into the barricade. Leaves Takahashi and Liger in the ring. Well, Takahashi with a falcon arrow on Liger, reversing his attempt, but now only a two count. Two. And now we're going to try and double team Liger and put him away. Sends him into Lee with a big knee. You can just hear the strikes. Double knees to the face of Liger. Takahashi in for the cover. No, Liger managing to kick out. Oh. And the crowd now getting behind Liger. They know this is his last chance. They want to see the hero go out on top. As he gets put on Takahashi's shoulders, sent into the corner. 
It's like a Death Valley driver into it, and you can see the confidence just oozing out of Takahashi. Now again with Liger on his shoulder, but Liger with a backslide into the cover. Two. Oh, no, just a two count. Two. Liger can't believe it. Liger was looking for a super kicks, but gets, gets caught with a clothesline. Now picks him up again. Hits a time bomb on Liger, goes for the cover, and that is it. Well, unbelievable stuff there. Takahashi getting a victory on Liger. Dan, what are you on that match? I thought it was good. Um, you know, Jushi Thunder Liger certainly able to go toe-to-toe with these young upstarts. Um, certainly held his own and, you know, even going out gave a huge touch of respect to his uh, opposing team. Yeah, really, really good stuff. A great story told there in this match. And Liger, unfortunately, goes out on defeat. And you can just see the respect of his opponents as they check on Liger. But a great way to start Wrestle Kingdom. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, despite this being Jushin Thunder Liger's final match, kind of like the whole event wasn't all about him. Which, you know, very respectful. And you can see even now Takahashi having a world with Liger. Wow. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Takahashi saying to Jushi Thunder Liger, look, I promise you I will carry on your legacy. And, you know, he's just saying that he has nothing but respect for the old-time performer. Wow, and what a moment and what a match. And, you know, I, if someone said to me in the very first podcast you'd be watching Wrestle Kingdom one day and seeing Jushin Thunder Liger's last match, I wouldn't have believed you. But what a moment here. Yeah, and even Ryu Lee helping Liger up to his feet. You know, he even dropped his belt. You know, that wasn't important to him at this moment. You know, to him at the moment was uh, Ryu Lee and he hands Jushin Thunder Liger a mask and just gracefully bows to him. (laughs) You know, this is absolutely beautiful. And you can hear respect from the fans as well now cheering and clapping. And that's what what it's all about. You talk about it and this, this is, you know, the respect shown. And this isn't about being a heel or a face. This is about being respectful of your opponent. Well, after the match, Jushin Thunder Liger gave a speech in the ring. He said, Jushin Thunder Liger was born in 1989 and the wrestler is no more as of 2020 in the Tokyo Dome. He thanked everyone for the years of support. Wow, what a moment and what a way to start. Uh, but up next, we've got IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. Bullet Club, Taji Hishimoto and El Fantasmo. Champions versus Ropingo 3K, Yo and Show. Oh, sorry, we're not watching this one. Well, it was a solid towards the end. Fantasmo tried to use the title, but Rocky Romero pulled it away from him. This allowed Show and Yo to make a comeback. Yo and Show hit a combo double stomp into the shock arrow cradle par driver on our Phantasmo to win the titles. Okay, so we go to back to night one. Yes, and this is the IWGP Tag Team Championship Gorillas of Destiny, Tangaloa and Tamatonga, who are the champions versus Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finlay. Yeah. So we spoke about Finlay being a future star, but could he take his chance here tonight? He looks like he's part of the fashion police. Well, they are very uh, kind of... Flamboyant? Flamboyant tag team. They're the winners of the uh, the New Japan Tag League. That took place uh, just for the new year to get themselves a title shot here tonight. But we might recognise um, Juice Robinson as well because he's a marker in NXT. He decided to leave to try and find success outside of WWE. So this will be very interesting. And Finlay looks like he means business. So which one's which? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, Dave Finlay. Uh, that's uh, Juice Robinson. 
Right. Yeah, the more flamboyant man, the man who will uh, hope for Moxie for the IWGP Intercontinental title tomorrow night. But tonight <laughs> okay. he's going for the tag team titles. Like I said, he's left NXT and he's found a lot of success in New Japan. But couldn't a majority of the uh, NXT roster find a lot of success in Japan? Uh, I think they could, but this is why he was clever, because rather than being a mid-card guy or you know, kind of, you know, not really getting a shot in NXT, he decided to make his own career out rather than... Because not everyone's going to be NXT champion, are they? You know, so that's what he probably thought to himself. Maybe a bit like uh, he didn't want to be like a Ty Dillinger, wanted to go and go somewhere else, and his reputation... And be a Sean Spears. ...has <laughs> grown from that. Well, he's definitely got a gimmick and he's living by it, so, you know, fair play to him. And old Dave Finley, of course, coming from a traditional family, so will he be able to break maybe the Magnificent Seven in a couple of years' time? Not like he's done really, is he, in the kind of look? <laughs> Nothing like him. No, I was expecting a green singlet, short, blonde, spiky hair, and, you know, a bit of an Irish gimmick going on to him, but none of that. Well, here come the Gorillas of Destiny, your champions... Bullet Club members? Yeah, part of the Bullet Club and um, part of the kind of Samoan heritage that there is. And there's Jado, the manager. And I know what you're going to say as they come out. Well, Roman Reigns? <laughs> yeah, Roman Reigns rip up. No, I mean, like it's a part of the... Uh, Does he do the Superman punch and spear? <laughs> Samoan family. He's not an Uso, Dan. I just oh, want to tell you. I was just you. about to say, what's <laughs> happened to Jay Uso? Uh, just Down to let... since... Day one is just music. T- you know, Tamatonga has long hair, and um, Tamatonga's hair is longer. Tamatonga hair is longer. Tanga Loa is smaller. Is Tang Tamatonga? Is he the bad boy? <laughs> it might be. It might be the same guys who had the success. Is he the one that's having beef with Enzo at the moment? Yes. Bad boy Tamatonga. And of course, he is the IWGP Tag Team Champion. A set of teams that we might not. Uh, have seen before, but definitely going to be an interesting match. <laughs> well, Roman, that was a saucy thing to do with the camera. What does Jay think of that? I don't like their shield rip-off outfits either. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, it's going to get serious. Oh, there's a meeting on the entrance ramp. Well, Juice and David going right after uh, Tanga and Tama. And Tama now fighting with uh, Juice. And the Juice is loose. A bit of this hiss. Oh, wait a minute, No! Oh, an elevated back body <laughs> drop on the entrance bay ramp. Well, that is going to leave a mark. That is not a soft landing for the juice. And the referee juice is squashed. Let's bring him back, and Tama's got no problem with that. Tama, Tonga, and Tangela. The referee's saying, come on now, let's get back the action. So all the wrestlers in this match are Gaijin. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right, yeah. The foreign imports from New Japan, but the Grinners of Destiny are a very successful tag team. And I've said it's been a great... It was a great 2019 for uh, Juice Robinson. Might not be a great start to 2020. <coughs> what a ridiculous moustache. You leave it out. I like moustaches. The G.O.D. in there now. Double drop kick. You think, though, the amount of uh, Samoan Destiny families in wrestling, I think they could form their own kind of wrestling promotion, couldn't they? I think they could, you know. You think about the kind of... Uh, traditions and family they had back then and like I said now even more so than ever so is the Samoan heritage kind of like this day and age of uh, the version of the Hart family I think so I think with Rome Reigns is a kind of a little bit 
because he's not directly into the kind of the rocks family so to speak so he's got his own kind of little thing going but they've made it into that but like i said the simone heritage is is saying that i think definitely with like even canadian wrestlers back then it's saying that's just taken more seriously than, than anything else tradition will continue there's no doubt they've definitely got a certain style you know talk about the barbarian talk about great teams like that with um one of your favorites ming head shrinkers as well haku of course <clears throat> Now Juice trying to get out of trouble, and he does taking that tanga. Oh, can say tagging his partner Dave Finlay. Well, Finlay's not been in this match yet. He was attacked at the start. Now the Juice is loose. Tags in Dave Finlay. I couldn't imagine fit Finlay with tattoos, and you can see Dave Finlay here. Well, Dave Finlay looks like uh, he's trying to be Seth Rollins with the blonde streaks in his hair. <laughs> well, at the moment he streaks uh, into the grid as a destiny as he runs through him. And a really nice uppercut. Upper what? Off the second rope. He gets caught from behind. And the Grilla's Destinies have been able to pick out Dave Finley in the past and look at to finish him off now. I've just noticed there's an Aussie on commentary. And Tomer come running in, but Finley managing to move. I think Trying that's Kit. Go on. Juice Robinson back in the match, but unfortunately not. I was going to say, I think that's Kevin Kelly on commentary. And now uh, Finley taking out Tamer off the top. Oh. Well, Dave Finley gets his legs swept from on the from the second rope, back first onto the uh, the padding, and just bounces straight onto his stomach. And you can see Dave Finley's left shoulder is heavily taped. And what a running power slam that was by Tanger! Yeah, Gridders of Destiny attack Finley and the build up to this match, and they're definitely targeting that uh, shoulder now. Are you surprised there's not that much of a difference in the wrestling, so to speak, and in, in <coughs> singles matches at the moment? Um, um. You know, in some aspects, I'm a little bit more surprised. But again, you know, this it's kind of like a, an American import into into the match. You know, it's kind of like a, it's their, you know, it's it's like American wrestling, but you know, in the kind of pay per view, so to speak, as opposed to you know watching Japanese match after Japanese match. Yeah, maybe again, it was a surprise thinking that Japanese wrestling is just Japanese wrestlers in a weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what's good and shows it off as a kind of, you know, it is a true alternative to WWE, you know, to say, right, okay, these, we've got these guys here. Like I said, a Bullet Club is saying that, you know, Finn Balor started and all the people that came through the group as well. Again, you know, the the thing that would put me off kind of following it is the translation, you know, getting lost in translation. I know you've got kind of like the English commentators, but, you know, following stories, it would probably be a bit more difficult to do you know, through translation as opposed to, you know, because all the mic work are being Japanese. But that is one of the kind of, there is mic work, but there's more, the American guys, people like Moxley have been, and Jericho have been doing a lot of mic work, but they try and do as little as possible and tell the story during the matches as well, which is another good thing, you know, kind of not, they don't start a show with like a 15, 20 minute promo. They kind of just get to the matches and then tell, trying to tell the stories. There are like press conferences and stuff like that afterwards, but again, that's uh, you. You can translate that, but it is difficult sometimes. You know, the website and uh, even the kind of app, kind of you got to take a second time, get your breath back to try and work your way yeah. around it. Wow, Dave Finney with a lovely spear <laughs> out of the corner. He looks nothing like his dad. He really doesn't. I think he might be adopted. <clears throat> but wouldn't you have thought? You know, someone he clearly moved to uh, NJPW to kind of get away from his dad's shadow but yet uses his dad's name but i like i don't mind using the name if you're going to be different you know i think that's what i like about finley's not 
trying to be a carbon copy of his dad. And I think that ruins too many second-generation wrestlers, some third-generation wrestlers. And it's even with uh, Juice Robinson, what I've seen of him, the character that he's got in Japan, kind of giving him freedom. And it makes sense to him rather than kind of being given something like, no way Jose and being told, right, that's what we kind of want you to do, you know, in that type of way. It's more, I think, more freedom to the wrestlers themselves. Well, it seems to me that um, your man had worked well over as well, over here. Um, oh, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan would work very well in Japan. It is all action as opposed yeah. to talking about it. Let's not forget the dick flip was invented in Japan with Joey Ryan involved and as well. Dick to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Juice Robinson is in and he's taken out Tanger. I mean, he seems to be in the intensity right now. He's calling for it. And now here come the vicious jabs. The juice jabs. A few huge rights. Trying to finish it off with a left, but that was blocked. Punching a kick and a step up in Seguri. Huge German. Can he tag in Tama? Well, that's what's good about Gorilla Destiny. He's in constant talk as well. Know where the other partner is. And that's what makes it great. And now looking to finish him off. Juice Robinson could be in trouble. Oh, my God. Juice managing to move out the way of Tama. And then some beautiful kind of like Booker T-esque sidekicks taking out both men. Finley desperate for the tag. And the crowd definitely behind him. Bit more respectful just watching at the moment in time, but here comes Finley. Straight over the top rope. Uh, both looking to double team Tama into the cover one. Wow. One. One. Well, the drop kick Russian leg sweep just shows you the power of the Gorillas of Destiny. Yes, take... Roman Reigns Jr. It's going to take a lot more than that. A double flaps out of that, quieting him down a bit. And what is going on here? Finley setting up Tama in one corner, Juice getting up in the other corner. Oh, here comes Tangelo to stop Juice. Oh, oh he gets crouched on top. And that goes behind Finlay. Picks him up for a powerbomb. Sit-out powerbomb. Tonga off the top with an elbow. Right to the face. Goes for the cover and the Juice. Managing to push him off. Stop the count, but that would have been it. <coughs> Robinson sent to the outside. And the good is definitely looking to put away Finlay. No, Finlay with a mule kick. Turns it into a suplex of his own. Huge right hands followed up by an uppercut. Bounce off the ropes, looking for a huge lariat. Gets caught. Oh, my God. He pulled the hair down. The B3D combination going for the cover. But no, Finley managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Oh, Tonga can believe it. Tama is Tonga. Tama Tonga Tonga Lava. Tama and Tanga now setting Finley up. A magic killer. Oh, it looked like magic killer. No happy dreams. <laughs> <clears throat> and they're going to set him up again. Well, now Juice Robinson came in, interrupted it, so he gets hit with it. And now, here we go, double team to finish it off. Finley in all sorts of trouble. Huge splash in the corner. The fatality finisher. Oh, my God. Powerbomb off the second. It's turned into a Hurricane Rana. Looks like Tama was looking for a cutter, but gets caught. Wastelock, roll up. Only oh. a two can, but walks right into a kendo stick. Two. No. no. But still, Finley manages to kick out. Uh, well, the punishment fin- Finley is taking and the Bullet Club's manager getting involved. Well, Tam is looking for a gun stun. Here he comes. No, blocked by Finley. Juice now in. The gun stun gets pushed off and hit on Tamma. They Finley into the cover. One, two. No. No, Juice gets pushed in to break the count up. Well, Tamma there helping his partner out. And this tag team breaking down. No, Tango picking up Juice. Juice reversing. Looking for the kill switch. <laughs> right hand to Jenna. Huge right hand to Tango. But we know how strong the Samoan skull is, but that won't stop him. 
Kirich engage. And now this could be it. Finley and Juice looking to capitalise. Sliced bread. Goes for the Two, cover. Three. Gets it. And we've got new tag new team champions. Tag team champions. <laughs> the Juice and Finley. And David Finley wins gold. And we have got a British champion in New Japan alongside uh, Will Ospreay. Of course, let's not forget Zack Sabre Jr. as well. It's a great accomplishment for the young man. Dan, what are your thoughts on the match? I thought it was an entertaining match. Again, it was a bit too WWE, AEW-E. You know, like, um, obviously they want to kind of offer their, the fans over there in Japan like a, a vast difference of talents and kind of, you know, what they can get from their events, which is good. Uh, but, yeah, you know, four very good athletes, four people that you could probably say watch out for in the future. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I think all four men put on a great display, and especially when you're coming off kind of Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins-type feel, then you say to yourself, wait a minute, these these guys are actually serious. And, uh, do you know, I really like the juice, you know. His, his character is saying that it's quite funny, and even Finley is someone that, who I didn't think he was going to be anything like it, uh, but he's definitely brought it in this one, and the winners of the tag league are now the IWGP tag team champions. All right, so let's move on to our next match, and it's the IWGP United States Championship match. It's Texas Death Match. Lance Archer, the champion, versus John Moxley. Yes, and the only way to win this match is via a 10-count knockout or submission. Yeah, uh, John Moxley had to vacate the IWGP Championship uh, due to not being able to fly over Japan. The United States drive fly over to uh, Japan because of the plane trouble. But now chairs in. Uh, mostly unsuccessfully. But Moxley is here, and of course, AEW has got uh, maybe a working relationship with uh, MJPW now, which allow uh, Moxley to appear on both. But the former Dean Ambrose, of course, last year was in his final couple of months at WWE. Has it been a good year for John Moxley, do you reckon? I mean, you've been a big fan of Dean Ambrose in the past. Um, it's It's been a good year, but I don't know if he's achieved more than he could have in WWE up to this point. Do you think he would have been a big star in WWE right now? Where would he be? In, if he was in WWE right now, where would you, where would you put him? I don't know, because there is a lot of people vying for the top spot in WWE. Um, you know, he is certainly a bigger character out of WWE now. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he, he could have been on a, another push again, but it's one of them ones where you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Uh, as a former... Well, I say the former... Lance Archer, probably known for his uh, little time in WWE, so there for a cup of coffee, or Lance Hoyt, as he was in TNA way back when. But he's uh, found a lot of success in Japan. Another guy who's come in for an import, so to speak, and he's looking to go to war with uh, Moxley, who does look confident. I think he looks in a lot better shape than recently we've seen him. Of course, Archer starting on the people at ringside. And in Japan, they uh, don't mind getting involved in it. Uh, back in the days... As he slaps the guys at ringside. You know, back in the day when uh, the fans and stuff like that, uh, the foreign hills and the, the hills, so to speak, used to chase the fans. And if the fans were caught and hit over the head, then that was fair play back then. And they actually enjoyed it. As Arch is full of confidence and gives uh, Moxie the finger. But it's something you wouldn't see in WWE, is it, really? Uh, it certainly isn't, no. And that is quite a handsome title as well. Very large. Very nice championship. But we don't condone the actions of Lance Archer. You shouldn't put your hands on people at ringside. 
where he's just uh, he's confident and he thinks he can beat Moxley and this is Moxley's it's definitely tough for Moxley's match isn't it you know it's right up his alley uh, most certainly yeah you know this is his uh, bread and butter so to speak but what can Lance Archer bring to it he's definitely got a side of confidence and he's going to be the big but Moxley starts with a big knee now backing Archer up into the corner with the right hands and again a more of American style match but in a Japanese setting is Archer there cross body and that momentum stopped for Moxley. So no pinfalls, no submissions. Moxley sent into the ropes but holds himself. Sends Archer outside. And Moxley's starting this one quickly. Here we go, suicide dive. And Moxley's got a look in his eyes and the fans definitely behind him. There's definitely a star-like aura to John Moxley at this moment in time. I hate when people compare him to Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know. But I think with Moxley, there's definitely a character there that fans like. Especially when you're marching to the beat of your own drum. Now said Cher, into that kind of penned-off area. Irish whip and sending him to the barricade. Just vicious from pillar to post, basically, now. <clears throat> and now Moxley slowly bringing him back in the ring. It's been all Moxley in the uh, goal. He's just been beating Archer around ringside. Yeah, and he's got himself a kendo stick now. So this is like a last man standing match with a submission thrown in for good measure. Yeah. And Moxley now looking to go up. But Lance Archer's got himself a steel chair. Well, <laughs> Moxley managed to escape with a ball, but Archer had the chair... And throw it right into his face. So I'll take it, uh, NJPW, don't worry about the concussions. No, everything is legal. A couple of chair shots to the back now, the trash can lids. Do you think that's something that they should catch on to? That, um, you know, the headshots, unprotected headshots. Uh, you know, they may be all well and good for entertainment value. Welfare and health of the performers, it's not so great. No, but I think that, uh, without a doubt, you should have a look at that. But it happens, hardcore matches are, are kind of, not a rarity as such, but only happen when there's a kind of, you know, real feud between the two and stuff like this. So it's very rarely you get kind of, like, these types of matches every card, if you know what I mean. Whereas with WWE, you got to a point where you're getting that week in, week out, weren't you? So there's no doubt that the style involved, not just weapon shots, but the strikes as well, put a toll on everybody in Japan. Well, Lance Archer's certainly getting his feet back in this match, attacking Moxley with a kendo stick. Much like Drew Robinson's story of another guy who went to Japan, started to find success. Who is Lance Archer? Would we have seen him before? Yeah, like I said, former Lance Hoyt in oh, Lance um, Hoyt. TNA. Calls WWE for a little bit. He was on a WWE SmackDown vs. Raw game as well, so at least he's got a little bit of money coming in from that. But he could become a lot more famous here tonight if he's able to knock off John Moxley. <coughs> Now at this moment of time he is with a kendo stick. Archer with a knuckle lock going up to the second rope. Moxley's got the kendo stick in hand though. <laughs> oh, and just clocked Archer around the head with it a couple of times. Well, I think that's payback for all the shots that Archer just hit Moxley with. I think he might have been broken a stick over uh, his body. Uh, Moxley looking to hit the trash can over Lance Archer's head. But gets caught around the throat. <laughs> oh, but finally after bouncing off the ropes, hits him with a trash can lid. Now Moxley setting up some furniture in the ring. Well, they were counting Archer down, but Moxley weren't having any of that. Now he's going to suplex him through the chairs, through the trash can. Moxley again rolls and then big knee to the corner. And that might be it for Archer. And I think he got lucky there. He rolled out the ring onto his feet. He is back down again. Archer might not know where he is. Talk about concussions earlier. Goes to dive over, but gets caught round the front. And just plants Moxley on the edge of the ring. Takes out a cameraman. Oh, why is Archer... He took him out... He kept taking him out earlier as well. He's doing it again. And this time, he's got him around the throat. 
He's got a card. He choke slams him onto Moxley. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. He's taking out more guys. Well, Bolly just thrown at Moxley. And now Ar- there's a replay of the choke slam onto Moxley. Oh, wait a minute. Here comes Archer. And he takes out the nine people there. At least nine. At least 12 people all down like skittles. And you've got to credit Archer there for a guy his size. The agility to dive over. Take them all out. Absolutely. This, this has been a brilliant match so far. And Archer's really proven something to anybody who's never seen him before. Moxley in all sorts of trouble. Referee counting now. Well, referee got to eight, but Moxley got to his feet. But right back into the lion's den, so to speak. Archer with a chair. This might be payback for Archer earlier. Okay, those stick to the back for good measure. Now set up those chairs. Archer's definitely got something devious on his mind. It's going to take something big to take out John Moxley. We've seen him in a hellacious match with Kenny Omega last year. Might not still be 100% from Lapcher. Uh, Archer manages to fight out, but gets placed on Amber, uh, on Moxley's shoulders. Fights out of that, though, but runs into a boot in the corner. Oh, Archer with a huge slap. Oh, my God. He's going to try and hit a blackout on Moxley. Face first. Oh, no. Back first across the four chairs set up in the ring. Himself has set up to do harm to Archer with. Well, Archer had the plan with the chairs, and he's just taken out Moxley. But Moxley's shown his toughness managing to break the count. And now the claw. The claw by Archer. You know how dangerous this move is, Dan. The dreaded claw. Moxley may be out, but that is a beautiful transition. Getting the armbar. Armbar's in and Archer's in all sorts of trouble. Is he going to tap? Moxley pulling back with everything he's got. This could be over. No, Archer managing to get to his feet. And now he's got Moxley around the throat. Moxley in all sorts of trouble. And he just throws him over his head. And Archer's aggression is definitely still there. It's been a great performance by him. Moxley in all sorts of trouble in the corner. Here comes Archer, but runs into a closing. Archer responds with a choke slam. No, it's a paradigm shift. And that could be it. Moxie telling the referee to count it. This is over. Moxie saying to the fans, come on, we can get this job done. Oh, Lance Archer sits up, manages to get to his feet before the 10 count. No, a count of eight, but right back into Moxie's arms. For another one, no. Archer's blocking it as best he can. And now the big knees. Which were nowhere near the head of Archer. But Archer there with like a pounce. Takes out Moxley. Positions. Oh, like a choke slam. Onto the chair. Well, huge impact to the back. And Archer looking on at Moxie and saying, what more can I do to you to put you out of this? Moxie, though, just kind of fl- belly flops. He's squiggling around at the moment, just trying to find life in his legs. It's been a war between two. And he gets to his feet just before ten. Flips the bird, but just gets a big boot to the face for his troubles. And a plastic bag. And he's using it to suffocate Moxley. Archer's looking to kill Moxley in this match. <clears throat> now the claw with a plastic bag. A lethal combination of Moxley's oxygen draining from his body. Slowly passing out. Referee checking the hand. The hand went down twice. No, but not a third time, though. Moxley's still got a fight. Archer lets go. Just barrage your forearms. Moxley's nose might be busted there. Archer going to the outside. What's he looking for? He's got a trash can. and goes through the fans again. And he's looking for the table. And uh, the table's slightly different in Japan than they are in America. I think maybe two tables together would be the same. But there's no give to him as Archer sets him up on the outside. And this does not look good for Moxie at the moment. Oh, my God. And now the helmet. 
for Marcher right into the face of Moxley. <coughs> and now setting him up on that top turnbuckle with the table set up below. Gonna look to finish him off. We saw this on the chairs earlier. We're gonna set up the tables now. No, Moxley doing his best to fight out. Manages to escape it for now. Bounces the ropes, looking to shove Archer into the tables, but no, gets caught by the throat. Fights that off. Into the claw, fights that off. Oh my god, now Moxie's got Archer! Paradigm shift onto the tables. Oh my god, look at the impact. Like I said, tables are smaller and harder to go through. And Moxie and Archer have been through an absolute war, and this might be the end for both men. Moxley's got a struggle. It's life left in him, though. Referee counting. No, Archer can't get up. Moxley managed to get back into the ring and onto his feet. And we've got a new IWGP Intercontinental Champion. American Champion. US Champion. Unbelievable stuff there. What a match that was, Dan. I mean, the choke slam with the guy off the ring onto the other. I mean, I've never seen that before in my life. I love the way they brawled around. You talk about the kind of American style that it brings to you. I mean, this is kind of in Japan, and they, I think, used it best to their abilities. This has been my favourite match on the on the card, and it, and it kind of, hopefully, this is where it picks up from here on in. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. It's certainly been a very enjoyable match, a very brutal match. Um, a lot of uniqueness to it, but then, you know, a lot of similarities to it as well. Um, you know, the utilising every single weapon at ringside, including people. Yes, yeah, is, yeah, uh, yeah. certainly a new one. You know, seeing a lot of guys falling down like skills. Um, good transitions between the two wrestlers as well. I thought Archer definitely brought a certain aggression to him. He's very confident in what he did as well. The agility to manage to be able to fly with the power moves that's kind of expected from a guy his size. I think, you know, let's talk about people with bright futures. There's a guy definitely to look at there. And I think Moxley come across this match as a star as well. His mannerisms throughout the match, even his entrance, the crowd have been behind him since day one, and now he's a champion yet again in NJ- NJPW. Absolutely. <laughs> so that hopes. Uh, let's move on to... Um, no, 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 shall we? No, let's continue with night one then, and what a match this should be. This is one of the main events for me. We're going to watch it right now. And it's going to be for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. It's Will Ospreay, the champion, versus Harumu Takahashi. And we've talked about the build-up to this match. And uh, there's no doubt, you know, there's, there's a lot going on with this one. Especially when you consider Takahashi's been out for so long. And coming back, you know, the former IWGP um, Junior Heavyweight Champion, returning from injury. And since then, Will Ospreay has kind of gone to a different level and uh, kind of be the only second guy to be so successful as well. Will Ospreay's a special talent. There's no doubt that's why he's on the Magnificent Seven, is he, Dan? Absolutely, yeah. He's uh, a huge talent. Someone, again, who's kind of made a name for himself off his own back without having to go through the uh, the usual wrestling channels, so to speak. Yeah, and when you talk about what a wrestler can do... You know, Will Ospreay's fantastic, but I think Takashi, who we have seen already in the Jushin Thunder Liger retirement match, um, you know, we're going to see him here tonight, is a guy who can definitely, he's got a you know, future ahead of him, and let's hope he can come back injury-free and put on a great contest with Will Ospreay. And Takashi coming out here, of course, with the fireworks, the grand entrance, and the grand rose uh, kind of look about him as well. And this is the thing about Will Ospreay as well. There's no doubt he's proven his reputation of being one of the greatest wrestlers, whether it be junior heavyweight or cruiserweight, as it's known, or heavyweight. 
Is there a distinction between the two categories, do you think, Dan? Do you think you can credit a, what a cruiserweight champ or a, a junior heavyweight can do compared to a heavyweight? Or do you think it doesn't matter? Um, I think there is, uh, you know, there is slight differences. You know, one of them relies more on the power moves. The other, it is, uh, it's more like, you know, the flying about and the flippy stuff as opposed to uh, the other bits. Yeah, but then again, you've had to see people like Shawn Michaels, who might have been classed as a, a cruiserweight with Daniel Bryan, you know, CM Punk, and kind of Eddie Guerrero as well, Chris Jericho. People have made it. So you said, can people from the cruiserweight division or junior headweight, can Will Ospreay work in the headweight division and actually be credible? Yeah, they certainly can. Um, you know, we've seen it across a lot of different wrestling platforms that, you know, the smaller guys can achieve just as much as the bigger guys. Well, let's hope so for Will Ospreay because, you know, sometimes it is difficult when you get tired with the uh, cruiserweight brush. But Ospreay coming out as champion. What an entrance as well for one of the magnificent seven, of course, we're going to see in action. A man that we have indeed seen live and now wrestling at Japan's biggest event in front of football. And these two men definitely have got a look and a character's about them. And Ospreay's just building on confidence after confidence of being a winner, thinking he can challenge people like Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. He certainly has got a swagger about him, hasn't he? You know, he's got a samurai sword, a white tiger on his shoulder. He has got a white tiger on his shoulder. I thought it was tripping yeah. out for a second. And Takahashi certainly is a, a colourful character himself, isn't he? I was there, very flamboyant. He's like a frigging peacock. Of course, after his return. But who will be the number one in the junior heavyweight division? Will Ospreay, the most successful man in New Japan in 2019. Can he start 2020 off with a bang here? But Takahashi will definitely bring it. And we've already seen him once on his podcast. Yeah, and now we're going to see him again. And that's what I'm saying. The story as well, very, very simple. Osprey is the best in the junior heavyweight division. But before him, it was Takahashi who suffered the injury, had to, you know, give away his junior heavyweight championship. He's back after a year and a half. Can he take it off the man who's dominated the division since? Very, very easy. Osprey, Takahashi, one of the Magnificent Seven. This is I, WGP. Can Takahashi have the confidence and the belief that he once had? Or will it be Osprey? Osprey looks cool, cool as a cucumber. And you could argue, out of everybody you know, of the Magnificent Seven, probably having the biggest January where, where he is on the match as well. You know, we talk about night one. He's in the co-main event. <clears throat> Let's just sit back and enjoy a wrestling masterclass. And this is the thing, you compare and contrast as well. Of course, we've got a big uh, show on tomorrow with NXT UK, the TakeOver Live pre-show. And we'll be comparing that because, of course, we're going to have Tyler Bate in action, one of the Magnificent Seven as well. But Osprey's definitely one of the best. And you can just see the confidence. He's got what it is. At this point in time, when people are hot. I'm sure his phone is ringing from uh, all over America. <laughs> You know, both men just trading forearms. And there's no doubt you talk about respect early in that as well. There's respect between these two, even though they might not show it right now. They're both very re- wary of each other. Oh, both of these men just <laughs> blocking and countering each other. Uh, oh, you wanted wrestling? I'll give you wrestling <laughs> in this one. And just a simple knife-edge chop kind of uh, slows the match down a bit. Only momentarily from a head to takedown. But Takahashi's shown his speed. We know how quick... Osprey is, but he's is equal at this moment in time. Osprey on the apron. Oh, sunset flip power bomb over the top from the out, well, to the outside. Osprey managing to block it, but went for a hurricane runner. 
No, he just gets planted on the hard part of the apron. And Takashi now back on the apron. Ooh, cameraman weren't that good, but uh, all we see was someone's hair in that shot. <laughs> I'm guessing it was maybe like a drop kick or a knee. Oh, we go. We actually get replay of it. It was a running drop kick. And it sent Osprey back up into the barricade. And Romu throwing Osprey back in. And this is the thing as well. They're going to realise, you know, a guy coming from a turn versus the guy that's going to be best. It's not going to be easy to beat them. You're going to have to wear them down. Osprey gets chopped and dropped to his knees. There's a bit of Japanese strong style. Oh, Takashi went for a suplex, but no, Osprey managed to reverse it. Hiromi landed on his feet, though. Hit managed to hit the big boot and now going off the rope. We usually see this for the tarantula. This is more just kind of like a, a choke from the top. Takashi now. Yeah, Hiromi going off the top. Gets caught by Osprey coming in, though. Oh, double foot stomp to the back of the head. Oh, my God. And a suspension DDT just planting his head into the mat. Calls on top for a cover. But only a two count. Two. Well, the impact and the whip layer of Takahashi. We talk about the injuries for Hiromi. Of course, it was neck injuries that kept him out for so long. And there's no doubt Osprey will know that coming into a, with it with a game plan. We talk about his high fly moving aspects. No doubt one of the most intelligent wrestlers as well. And Osprey using the stu- to just ram that neck across it. Referee having to come out and kind of break it up. Osprey doesn't mind taking a couple of chops because he hits a net breaker on the outside. And Dan, how thin are those mats? Well, over in Japan, they're slightly thicker, but still thin. Oh, right, okay. And it is uh, just pure concrete underneath them as well. Osprey throwing Takashi back in. Going to go for the cover, but no, only a one. One. I think this is Osprey's way of just trying to take the energy out. Of course, been away for so long. Don't know how much he's got left in the tank. And Osprey knows he can go all night. Lionel Richie style. And if he wins tonight, he'll be dancing from the ceiling as well. And now that is beautiful by Osprey. Lovely transition into a, uh, like a variation of the triangle choke. And he's just going to take the energy, work the neck as well. Takashi nowhere near the ropes at the moment. And again, working over that surgically repaired neck. Managing to get his frame across to get to that bottom rope. Now just confident in control. Going to take his time. He is the champion. And Takahashi with the chops. That seems to be spurring Osprey on. Come on you Spurs. He's got wheelbarrow. Oh into face plant. Into the mat. And I've broken Osprey's nose. And Takahashi man on the moment right now. <coughs> Hiromu with uh, Osprey in his sights. Splashes him in the corner. Comes off with a seated drop kick. One, two, no. Just a two count. Two. And now with a look on Takashi's face, looks like maybe getting back into uh, the rhythm of things there. Get more confident as the match goes along. And Osprey with those chops. Might not hurt at first, but it's slowly just wearing upon him. And the chest will be as red as his hair. It's like a springboard. Or like a rolling heel kick. Well, you usually don't see... Uh, you see maybe some handspring elbows and stuff like this, but... With the impact there on the kick and the elevation after that exchange. And now Takahashi on the outside. And we can see the master of the junior heavyweight division fly. The fans know what it's all about. Springboard's over the top, lands on his feet. <sighs> and he's get caught in a German, but lands on his feet from that as well. Comes charging towards Hiromu. Gets thrown into the ring. Springboard's his way over the top and finally hits his mark. I think you call that high-flying. I think that would be fair to say. There's a lovely high-flying sequence, yeah. You know, people go, oh, you know, we've seen it all before, but that is something completely different. <clears throat> I suppose managing to catch himself as well. I mean, you know, people talk on Twitter about WWE stuff, but there's no doubt Osprey is one of the world's best. 
Just the ease he does things. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, his his agility is second to none. And, you know, you talk about, you know, him and Ricochet, very, very similar. Has he, Osprey, made the right decision? Because Ricochet at the moment is kind of not being used on WWE main event. And Osprey's featured in these positions. And a phenomenal forearm. Takashi gets shoulder up at two. Two, but you've got to argue yourself, who's still getting more exposure? Well, at the moment, Will Osprey know one of the best wrestlers as well. Ricochet is getting probably paid a little bit more and more people may see him. But I would rather be Osprey at this moment in time. I think maybe Takahashi would as well as Osprey looks to put him away. No. See, he drop kicks, sends Osprey into the corner. I think Hiromu knows he's in there with one of the world's best. Now, to be the man, James, you got to beat the man. And to be the best, you got to beat the rest. And now a big closed line sends Osprey into the other corner. <laughs> Osprey there with just three kicks. Oh, and a 619 sends Hiromu to the outside of the uh, ring area. And now Osprey. Double foot stomp. To the back of the head as Hiromu was getting up. Sends him face first into the hard part of the ring. And that might be it. And Osprey going to go up. Injured neck and all. Hiromu's in serious trouble. Osprey there. Did he even hit him? I think he did. I think he went and hit him in the neck. Because it seems like Osprey came past and then Hiromu went down. <laughs> I think he actually <laughs> aimed for the neck. I don't think he's ever seen that before. There's a kind of Osprey moves in a weird way as well, kind of way. Uh, dexterity is the right word, but the kind of way he can move his legs. And now Osprey maybe looking to finish things. Uh oh, this doesn't look good. Marvel going for the kick. Takahashi's down. Is he just? Uh, is he just doing a ruse, though, James? What do you reckon he's playing possum? Hello, possums. <clears throat> well, potentially. Or is he seriously injured? And Osprey just kicking away. He's got him right where he wants him. Takashi in all sorts of trouble. Oh my god, and Osprey now setting Takashi up with head between the legs on the rope. And Hiromu just falling back in a lump. But that's not the end for him, he's up on Osprey's shoulders. Well, referee might look to stop things now, but Osprey is climbing up the ropes with Takashi on his shoulders. And Hiromu fighting out, punches to the back of the head, jumps off him. And again, the chops constant on the mark now. Takahashi now, what's he going to try? No, Osprey catches him. Uh-oh, here we are in all sorts of trouble. Osprey resuming where he left off. <laughs> no, it was a game of chance. Oh, Takahashi rolls through. Very close to a free count, but Osprey managing to kick out. Uh-huh. He's spanning around like a Canadian destroyer-esque. But now Takahashi looking to put Osprey away. And a dynamite plunger going for the cover. But no, Osprey up at two. Two. Now Takashi picking him up. <laughs> Osprey stops him mid-run with a kick into well from a kick and a backflip landing on his feet, and then an insiguri to kind of put a sweetener on it. Oh my word! And a spinning kick, as like in trouble in paradise with a couple of extra rotations yeah, thrown in for good measure. Spinning, <clears throat> and now off the second rope, looking for the cutter gets caught. Takashi just quick off the jaw, but Osprey going under. Picks him up with a full Nelson. Slams him down. No. My God. Takashi managed to kick out. Uh. Action's thick and fast. Osprey going up. Oh, my God. Beautiful shooting star. Press to the back. Into One, the cover. Two. No. <laughs> my God. Takahashi managing to kick out. Uh. And he can hear the fans now realising this is something special. 
Oh my god, Ozcutter. Into a cover. One, two, two three. No! Only a two count. <laughs> two. Osprey saying, what the fuck? What makes it even more special? Signature move and finishing moves are very special in Japan. So very rarely do you see, you know, the, the people kicking out for them, uh. so to speak. So when you see that signature move, people in Japan are like, oh my God. I know it happens in every big match in, in America. And Osprey now, plus the finishing moves are quite well protected, like the time bar, Oliakada, Lariat, and Osprey now. A kick and just the the way Osprey hits it. And a hook kick. And Osprey waiting to finish off Takahashi. Pop up power bomb instead coming in. And Osprey must have been in the, up in the air for at least eight feet. Or at least nine, ten feet. And slammed to the hard car canvas, which is you know slightly harder than the uh, American rings, as we know. There's no give. <laughs> Takahashi's face. Doesn't know where he is, and Osprey. Looks like they've both been through the mill. No, both men just face to face on the mat. So much being taken out of either man. Osprey telling Hiromi to get up. Got huge forearms for Osprey. Trading forearms and toe to toe with each other. Neither man giving an inch. Both men weary. Osprey now down on his knee. Neither can get advantage at the moment. <laughs> Takashi with like three or four forearms. Osprey responds with a kick. And Spring gets caught, planted with a German. And Spring's back. And is Takahashi going to call for the end? Oh my god, went for the close on. Osprey blocked it. Catches him, turns him into a powerbomb, gets caught. God switches it round into like the. Um, Panama City. Panama City. Sunrock. The Panama Sunrise, but somehow Osprey managed to kick out. Ah. That was like two wrestlers just becoming one then in a weird way. like the kind of, And these two men are from different countries and yet they can have this kind of chemistry in ring. It's amazing. Takashi may think he can't put away Osprey. Oh, well, in Death Valley Driver into the corner. He's going to look to maybe go for the time bomb. No, Osprey managing to get a super kick. It <laughs> fires him up so he gets hit with a second. Well, ever defiant Osprey stopped by Takahashi. Oh my god, Osprey again with a beautiful kick. A hook kick. Looking for the Stormbreaker. No. Close on a tent. Ducks. Spanish fly. Into the cover. One, two. Oh. No. Just a two count. Two. I tell you something, we might have an early match of the year candidate right here as Osprey now looking to end it. And Osprey with a huge shot to the back of Takahashi's head. And Osprey now might be looking to finish him off. Osprey picking him up. He's limp and lifeless. Up for the Stormbreaker. No, Hiromu rolls through, plants him. No! Osprey manages to kick out. Uh, well, Osprey and Takahashi putting on an absolute clinic. That's an early um, match of the year candidate right now. Is that Daniel Bryan? No. Well, one of the guys at ringside, but Takahashi back to his feet. Can he put Osprey away? Oh. Turns him inside out of a huge And now is it time? Time for the time bomb. Hits it. Goes for the cover. One, two. No! Osprey kicks how much to <laughs> Hiromu's shock. Uh, the fans can't believe it either. And it might be Osprey's time. He is the best in the division. But when you give him some of your best shot, what do you do? You give him a running elbow to the face. That's what you give him. And then you set him up. Oh, my God. He's looking for a tombstone. No. Oh. He just dropped him on his head. One, 
two, three. <laughs> and the redemption story is complete for Hiromu Takahashi. Your new IWGP junior heavyweight champion coming back after all that time to beat the best in the division. He might have just killed Will Ospreay, but what do you think of that match, Dan? Absolute clinic of a wrestling match. You know, there was a couple of little areas, but, you know, they're, they're, they're easy to look over, you know, seeing as though what the rest of the quality of the match was like, you know, uh, just these two men completely gelled in a ring. Yeah, I'll tell you something, you know, we've paid, well, paid £7.12 to watch this event, and that is the price of admission alone. For this match, it might be worth the yearly subscription. That's how good it actually was. These two men showing you exactly what's about. As you see, replay of Osprey. How is he not hurt after that? And it's just everything, you know, everything that WWE says it does, whatever it is, New Japan is showing they could do just as well. Osprey and Takahashi's a guy who are elite. Are you impressed with Takahashi? Like, you uh, know, I, mean, I am we very were... impressed with him. Yeah, you know, we saw him in the first match getting a victory uh, over Liger, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah, and you know, this match again, it kind of showcases what his abilities are. And again, you know, a huge difference in this match and what you get on the WWE card is this match was given a lot of time. Yeah, and uh, not once did I say, "Oh fucking hell, how long's this match been on for?" The, the match just it went so seamlessly and so flawlessly through the whole match that you know it could have gone on for another twenty minutes and it wouldn't have bothered me one single fucking yeah. bit. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly true. I think the show so far over both nights has been absolutely fantastic. Match that is, and credit Takahashi, credit of course to Will Ospreay as well. But up next we've got another magnificent seven in action. We go back to night two. Two. And it's a British Heavyweight Championship match. It's Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonada. This is a very simple story again. Sonada, the former British Heavyweight Champion, or Rev Pro, is actually represented here, which is kind of great when you think we saw Rev Pro in what? Sitting born in a little, um, you know, the swimming ledger centre as it was, and now it's been representative on the biggest card in uh, Japan, in Wrestle Kingdom. They're called Zack Sabre Jr.'s man. I know quite well because I picked him on the CWC and we know now he would have won had it not been for politics. For the guys, the most technical wrestler around, the Rev Pro champion, the British heavyweight champ, Zack Sabre Jr. But Sonada's a guy, former champion, beaten by Zack Sabre Jr. He thought it was a fluke and he doesn't think Zack Sabre Jr. is the real deal. Can he prove his worth tonight? Sonada is a bad man. But as we know, Dad, so is Zack Sabre Jr. This should be a great... Is Zack Sabre Jr. Like, too attached to being a technical wrestler or is there a little bit more about him? Um, I don't know. I think there is a bit more about him, but he does kind of need to slightly expand his horizons as he's kind of quite easy to predict in the ring. I think so. He's one of our magnificent seven, of course, involved. We saw Will Ospreay earlier, uh, and now we're seeing Zack Sabre Jr. Let's see if he brings a different style, more aggressive. We've seen it, you know, with uh, definitely Sonata getting into his head. He threw chairs around, and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. usually quite cool, calm and collective. And he won last year at Wrestle Kingdom, and tonight he wants to retain his British Heavyweight Championship. So Rev Pro being representative here on the WNR Podcast. And at the Tokyo Dome as well, Zack Sabre Jr. Sonada. And you could say maybe Zack Sabre Jr. has not got the uh, the build on him as, as other wrestlers. You know, quite a slender look. 
But I don't mind that because it kind of works into the gimmick that he's got, you know, kind of longer limbs and stuff like this. You look at John Jones and MMA. Do you think he should put on muscle? Do you think that would ruin the kind of the kind of way he's going? Of course, he's vegan and very pro that as well. So uh, indeed, yeah, I think he should spend a little time at the gym. <laughs> Which think he's too small. I think he's slightly a bit small. Yeah. <laughs> Was that going for leg straight away? Sonada moving out of the way. He just looks really gangly. Oh, he's a... Well, he's definitely got the reach advantage, and he? he's definitely got the kind of, like I said, the uh, to get out of harm's way. And Sonada just thinks that he can just run right through him. Zach grabbing the arm causes stole saberism. Sonada low showing what he's got, managing to nip up, sprint out the way. Now, brilliant exchange between the two. Hip toss takedown by Zach, but nip up again. Hip toss by Sonada. Both men equal. And again, like the last match, slowly, you know, filling in process. Two men definitely got talent first time seeing Sonada. That's Zach sending Sonada back to the ring. Sonada managing to reverse it. Zach Sabre Jr. under. Maybe going for an arm lock, but no. Instead trying to go for the leg. Sonada has that scout. It turns it into a pin attempt. But Zach Sabre Jr. again, a long gangly frame managing to get out of harm's way. Different pin attempts by both men. Sonada lands on the ropes. Zach Sabre Jr. rolls under. It's definitely more technical than anything we've seen so far. But Zach Sabre Jr. manages to get the leg. Now take him down, trying to go for the Baron Arrow, but Sonada managed to turn it round. And you can hear the fans as well, appreciation of this. We know how good uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is, but Sonada showing that he's toe-to-toe with one of the best technical guys in the world. Do you think British wrestling is, um, J- Japanese wrestling is as technical as British wrestling, Dan? Oh. Um, well, you know, the the last very good technical match that we saw with... Uh... Will I spray in? I mean, you know, he's a British guy, so kind of styles mesh well. But I think British is more um, technical as opposed to Japan's is more strong. Mm. I think Sonata's shown that he can play that way as well. And I think this is something that definitely brings a different light to the match. Every match that we've seen has been different in its own way. And again, this is the kind of... We've seen the American versions of a tag team match in, in Japan. And of course, the great hardcore match that we had earlier. And now this is kind of more technical, showing us what it is all about. And there's no doubt, if they're going to show this type of match-up, that Zack Sabre Jr. is the best to be in it. But Sonata's going toe-to-toe with ZSJ at the moment. And that has been the story of the match so far. Equal and move for move. Anything you could do, I can do better. <laughs> Zach able to escape it just as well and you see the cocky grin on his face as he manages to escape Sonata <laughs> Sonata doing the same escape and reversing it back onto Zach well, Zach gets caught halfway through escaping well, Sonata rolls over the ring ropes flips his way back in as Zach Sabre Jr. moves out of the way frustrating Zach kicking the fence and lands up on his backside well, Sonata showing up Zach Sabre Jr. at this moment in time Zack Sabre Jr. getting frustrated because he's not the most technical man in a match for once. <laughs> but Sonata again impressive. There's a base quality in Japan of, you know, especially if you're in uh, New Japan, you can't be any worse than, you know, a certain level, unlike in WWE. I don't think you'll ever get an Enzo in uh, New Japan. Oh, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't take it. Oh, wait a minute. Sonata there. Went made for a backdrop. Zack Sabre Jr. hitting the abdominal stretch. Made famous by... Made famous by Willie... Indeed. <laughs> and Indeed. It, and then managing to reverse it. No, Wilby Schneider. That was it. And then Sonada managing to turn it round. And then the both men just twisting the other around in the submission. 
They either can get the advantage. Sonata with a pin, only getting a two count, though. Two. Standing Moonsault gets caught by Zack Sabre Jr. And just as Zack Sabre Jr. has got Sonata in all sorts of trouble. Joint manipulation, got the hand. And Sonata realising that, clenching the fist. And now he's in serious trouble. Zack Sabre Jr. realises it. Into a bit of a wrist control, as well as having on Sonata's back. And Zack Sabre Jr. just in complete control. Now got the arm, bending it backwards. Oh, just stomping on the elbow. We've seen that a few times in a Brit wrestling game. Without a doubt. And there's a new kind of aggressive nature, Zack Sabre Jr. Maybe he didn't have in a CWC. Do you know there's any difference to him now to him a couple of years ago? Um, he seems a bit more confident in him, you know, in his abilities, in his agility, you know, in just everything he does. Which, you know, in some people it's a bad thing, but I think in Zack Sabre Jr.'s case it's a good thing. Yeah, without a doubt. Sonata now trying to get out of the arm ringer. Oh, it's reversed by Zack. Mr. Big Boot. Sonata goes down low. You can see Zack Sabre Jr. is not wearing any knee pads. That might come into effect. Sonata might have... Snapmare attempt by Zack Sabre Jr. Sonata lands on his feet and just sweeps the leg of Sabre Jr. Dragon screw leg whip. You see Zack going towards the ropes. Knows he's a little bit troubled at the moment. Problem is for him, Sonata realises as well. Sonata just launches himself over the top rope. Takes out ZSJ. And he's riling the fans up as well. Well, they want to see him become the British Heavyweight Champion again. We've seen a lot of titles changing hands here tonight as well. Both events. <coughs> Sonata just throws it back in, goes right back to that leg. For another dragon screw, no, but Zack Sabre Jr. just grabs the ear. Oh, Zack Driver attempt blocked, and a Pele kick to the arm. Got Zack Sabre Jr. up on his shoulders, but Zack transitions lovely. He's got like a guillotine, now look for the arm. The Kimura. And Sonata may look for a suplex, but Zack rolled into what looked like Dragon Sleeper. Oh my god. And now he's getting spun round by his neck. And Sonata now might be putting him away. Looking for the moonsault. No, he's inwards, out of the way. Oh. Flying PK. Well, a bad leg and all, but he knew he had to risk it. As no doubt Zack is in serious trouble, but so is Sonata. I think Zack's just taken as long as he can to recover. Well, he's letting Sonata come back into this match after the. Uh, the slight advantage that he may have had. <laughs> well, Zach were a few shots, but Sonata's just a huge strike down on the chest. Zach tries one, but Sonata's just too big, too powerful. Back Zach up in the corner. Sonata comes charging towards Zach moves. Sonata got off the second. Zach evades it again. Rolling sunset flip. No, reversed by Sonata. Back in Zach's favour, back in Sonata's. And just getting two counts. Two. Well, now finally changed. No, Zach again rolls him under. And now just pin predicament for Sonata, but no, Zach managing to kick out. Ah. Zach there with the uppercut. Upper what? Sending Sonata back into the corner. Sonata's low back elbow, now off the second. Springboard moonsault into a dragon sleeper, looking for an inverted suplex. No, Zach rolls through, takes the legs, rolls up Sonata, bridges out. And that's how he beat him for the title before, but Sonata realises it. Managed to reverse it into a dragon sleeper. Now he's got Zack Sabre Jr. in the middle of the ring. Well, Zack rolls him inwards though. But Sonata again going back into his position. Zack escapes it. Looking for the octopus lock. And now look at the way Zack's stretching his own leg to hurt Sonata. Sonata powers him up. Slams it down. Looks for the hold again. But Zack had it scouted. Now Sonata just changing pin attempts. Oh, man through. Wow. And Zack Sabre Jr. with another cocky pin beats Sonata. And he knows it. He definitely knows it. Well, Sonata got caught out yet again, but Zack knew exactly what to do. 
Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, it wasn't as entertaining as the previous match, but um, you know, both people got it. I think Zach he's starting to get a bit of a cocky streak, and I said it was you know his confidence was a good thing, but I think his cockiness is going to become his undoing eventually. Yeah, well, this is the way here. Zach does win in a technical masterclass as he saunters out. Sonardo, very impressive again for another talent that we haven't seen a lot of, but the Red Pro is uh, on the show as well, which can only be good for the promotion. And a champion like Zach Jr. is one of the best, and that's why he's part of the Magnificent Seven. So Osprey didn't work out well, but at least it did for Zach Sabre Jr. <coughs> All right, moving on to our next match, and it's the IWGP United States Championship it's John Moxley, champion, versus Drews Robinson. Well, they got off to a fast start because Robinson attacks, attacked Moxley before the start of the match. Officially got start, uh, before the match... Of, uh, cut. They got off to a fast start because Robinson attacked Moxley before the match officially got started and they fought at ringside. Mox set up a chair at ringside, but Robinson was able to lock in a toehold and he drove Moxley's head into the chair. He then followed up with a cannonball onto Moxley and into the chair at ringside. They settled into a regular wrestling match after the first few minutes of brawling. Well, things got intense towards the final minutes with several stiff forearms, headbutts and punches. Mox hit a double-arm DDT and a death rider to pin Robinson and retain his title. After the match, Venuro Suzuki walked out and he attacked Moxley by choking him and hitting a gotch-style pile driver. Suzuki grabbed the mic and issued a challenge for Moxley's t- title. Then we move on to the Never Openweight Championship and Kenta, who's the champion, versus Hiroki Gotu. Well, it was a very good match, especially during the final few minutes after Kenta hit a GTS that almost ended the match. They hit each other with nasty palm strikes, and Goto hit GTW and almost got the win, but Kenta slipped out, got hit the GTO to win the title. The last few minutes felt like a war. This was a great match. So in a match, we saw a GTS, a GTW, and a GTO. (laughs) WTF. (laughs) Right? Um, up next, we had Jay White with Gado against Kota Ibushi. Well, this was a great hard-hitting match. Late in the match, White hit a super orangi off the top rope that should have ended the match, but Ibushi was able to kick out. Ah. Ibushi was able to fight back with V-Trigger, but he was too weak to go for a pin. Ibushi followed up with a German suplex into bridge and pin attempt, and another V-Trigger, but White kicked out again. Ah. White pulled Ibushi into the ref, and the ref was knocked out of the ring. This allowed Gado to get in the ring with a chair and he hit Ibushi in the back with it, but Ibushi no-sold it. When he knocked out Gado, and then he knocked out Gado with a punch. Ibushi hit another V-trigger and was then a, and then a sit-down powerbomb on White, but the ref was still out. White was almost pinned after eating kicks to the shoulder and a V-trigger, but Gado pulled the ref out of the ring. White nailed Ibushi with a chair to the head, Gado nailed him with brass knuckles. This allowed White to hit the straight jacket Bloody Sunday, which is a suplex, and the Blade Runner. White pinned Ibushi to win the match. Then White hit Ibushi with another Blade Runner after the match. It's back to night one in the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. Jay White, the champion, versus Tetsu. Well, Nato had to deal with Gado at ringside in the opening minutes of the match. At one point, Gado smashed a chair on Nato's knee while Red Shoes was distracted. White worked over Nato's left leg. That became an issue late in the match as Nato had trouble standing and moving around on it. Nato was able to fight back and get on offence until Red Shoes was accidentally taken out and a distraction from Gado allowed White to hit a low blow. Well, Nato took over an offence again, but he had to fight off Gado and White now Nato with a chair to sleeper suplex followed by another super suplex, but Nato had a burst of energy and he hit the Destino but was too tired to attempt the pin. 
No, he hit the poison rana, another Destino, but White kicked out. Ah. He hit another Destino and then pinned White to win the title. Yes, and then Kevin Kelly announced that the paid attendance is 40,008 and the place is sold out. So now back to night two. Two. And our next match, Tanahashi gets the AEW world title shot. He wins. It's Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. I think it's pronounced Jerry Ho. And if Jericho wins, he gets a little bit of the bubbly. bubbly. So that amazing, Jericho, as we see, in this time and place of Wrestle Kingdom, he is going to be in action, you know. And the thing about his career, as he added, obviously he's added to his legacy. Do you think of Jericho these past few years, couple of years, especially with his involvement now in Japan and AEW? I think he's doing well, but he's kind of starting to resemble a Hulk Hogan, you know, like uh, when he moved to WCW. And it was all about him, and it's like, well, you know, we've kind of seen Hulk Hogan as champion. We've seen Hulk Hogan at the top of the game. It's time for someone else. Yeah, well, you know, this is the thing. He's kind of reinventing himself, hasn't he? Especially in Japan as a kind of paymaker uh, and a different style. But it bloated than usual. Uh, I would I would say so. Has his performances dwindled in the past few years, do you reckon? Um, they're not as good as he used to be. So, yes, I would say his performances has dwindled. Well, what it looks like now with the agreement with uh, AEW being featured here, you know, by name, if there's a connection, would you want to see an AEW versus uh, NJPW event? I think that could be interesting. Um, Again, it's kind of taken away from AEW doing their own thing. Yeah, I think that'd be quite like a super show. You know, we never had WWE versus WWE that event back in the day, and now we've got two companies that maybe say, right, our best versus your best. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's understandably a lot of the uh, AEW wrestlers have been in NJPW, you know, in the past few years, so it's kind of quite familiar to them. Um, I think this is benefiting NJPW more than it is AEW. You reckon? Yeah. Oh, again, representative, we just had the British uh, Heavyweight Championship on the line, and now it's the kind of American Championship, and we've seen, of course, the Junior Heavyweight, and uh, our main event will feature the Heavyweight Championship, so, you know, we've seen it all on the line, and the tag titles here tonight as well, let's not forget, and uh, it's going to be a tough night for Tanahashi, can he put away Chris Jericho? But I loved um, all the, I've loved all the entries, sorry, I've loved all the entrances and all the lights and everything, that. it looks... For me, it looks a plate. You know what I mean? It does look... Yeah. Proper. And again, it's making a huge mockery of the uh, the ranking statistics as well. Because if he wins just one match, then he gets a shot at oh, Jericho's fair, yeah. AEW title. Whereas everyone else has kind of got to build their way to the top of the ranking and uh, kind of earn their shot. Whereas, you know, he's all he needs to do is just win one match. Yeah, well, they're not paying the rights to hear Jericho's song, so they've changed it on the... Uh, the thing, but I got to say as well, as we're watching this on the fire stick, it's been quite good, hasn't it? There's not been any interruptions during the matches. No, no, it's certainly um, it's been, you know, a smooth sailing yeah. affair. It's been a good picture, uh, you know. And like I say, it's not it's not been bad. And here he comes with his AEW Championship. <coughs> Are they allowed to reference the Rock and Stars? They're allowed to reference anything, yeah. And Jericho has done it all, you know. He's been there, done that, and now he's in Japan trying to show how good he is and it's it's a completely Chris, different Chris Jericho to the one we all knew and loved first way back when well you know we have seen a lot of 
different Chris Jerichos, but every Chris Jericho we've seen, you know, being face or being heel, he's always had a jokey side to him. This seems like a more serious and more sinister Chris Jericho. Yeah, without a doubt. You can see with the, the, the makeup, just to look, the spiked jacket as well. But he's still got his scarves. He loves his scarves. <laughs> what do you think is Jericho's best gimmick? Like I said, Painmaker, New Champion. What would you go for? <laughs> Honestly, couldn't tell you. Um, again, when he was doing the list, he wasn't really wrestling as much. Uh, Le Champion, again, he doesn't wrestle a whole lot. No, no, no. <laughs> um, the Painmaker, you know, this is the first time I'll have seen him performing as the Painmaker. Um, I don't know, I just like the cocky Chris Jericho, but the Chris Jericho they can wrestle and can go toe-to-toe with pretty much anyone. What, the Jericho-holic phase of yeah. Jericho? Yeah. The Y2J in the WWE type. Yeah, I'd say that one, yeah. <clears throat> I think for Jericho to reinvent himself, I think it just shows you that's what needs to be done sometimes. And we started off, you know, with a legend, the Jewish Thunder Liger, who's kind of stayed the same. And Jericho's had to change it up to kind of stay relevant with the times. And now going against Tanahashi, who's in great shape himself. Especially compared to Chris Jericho. Yeah, this is <laughs> what we're going to see. Who is actually repping a Hulk Hogan weightlifting belt. Yeah, and he's got the, uh, he had the AEW Championship round his waist. Can Hiroshi pull off the upset? So who's your money on then, Jericho or Hiroshi? I've got a Scott back Jericho. Look how confident he is at the moment. Tells all the fans he's number one. I think you got to go Jericho. I mean, we're telling actually he's an unknown quantity, so I don't know what he's going to be. I know what Jericho can do, and Jericho on his best day is is really good. Maybe not as good as he thinks he is. Oh, but he's still a great oh, wrestler. Yeah. Yep, you are Hulk Hogan, Jericho. You are Hulk Hogan as he's doing the Hulk Hogan. Uh, ear-cupping motion. At least Tanahashi seems to dig it. Yeah. Tanahashi just grabbing a side headlock of Jericho. Jericho's shoulder block and then posing. Tanahashi responds, I think more impressive. Jericho's lipstick has smudged. <laughs> side headlock, but Tanahashi again too quick. And Tanahashi posing off <laughs> with a guitar and he's just throwing it out of the ring. Jericho with the arm ring at all. Just shaking the life out of it. And Jericho's style has changed so much now as well. Especially in Japan, in a way, he's kind of won't be taking hardly any risks. We've seen it in AEW as well, really, haven't we, to be fair? Absolutely, yeah. You know, he's uh, a lot slower. Um, You know, I think he kind of tries to focus more on a power game, and I don't don't even know if he can pull that off anymore. Well, it's weird, though. When Jericho was coming up, he was one of the smaller guys, and now he seems to be bigger than most of the guys he faces. It just shows there's been a change in professional wrestling that way, isn't there, you know? Oh, indeed, but, you know, he's not bigger than most of them in muscle mass. He's bigger than most of them in girth. No, I'm just about you could height. actually carve huskier wrestlers. He is, he's getting on to that, that way now. But, you know, you don't have to do... Some people argue, especially old-style wrestlers, you don't have to do a lot of stuff in the ring to um, have an impact. And I think that's true in certain parts, as long as you're telling the story with it. Has Chris Jericho burned his bridges of ever being in the WWE Hall no, of J- Fame? WWE have him back tomorrow. Like if he said he already said in an interview, he said I could go back to WWE tomorrow, but AEW saying I want to do it at the moment. He's probably making more money doing this and AEW than he is would really be in WWE. Oh yeah, because all he'd be is someone's sidekick, or you know, in someone's ear, rarely wrestling. Uh, this, you know, he's uh, he's. Well, wrestling. He is. I'll use that term loosely. He's in one of the major matches. Major, major matches. Montana <clears throat> Hashi now is going to try and build momentum, but he's not done a lot yet apart from a couple of hip tosses and playing the guitar. Oh, he's going cocky pin and saying, come on, baby. 
It's obviously pissing off the pain maker. No, it's exchanging slaps in the <laughs> ring. Let's play slapsies. Oh, Schmidt, right, but Jericho catch out of the top rope. Low bridges him. And now Jericho, this is vintage Chris Jericho as it was. Taking Tanahashi off the apron. Yes, and Hiroshi just hits the mats. And Jericho's in complete control. Come on, baby. And Tanahashi just sent into the uh, steel barricade. And now Jericho's got the little fence. Just closes it on to Hiroshi Tanahashi's head. Jericho's going to take a couple of picks. And he's just slapping an innocent bystander at the ringside. Hiroshi back first into the barricade. Oh, no. Now they're going near the commentary tables. Kevin Kelly's got to get out of the way. He looks rough nowadays, Kevin Kelly. God. And there's the, is that the big Australian guy then? New Zealand, do Fucking Chris Jericho's coming towards me. Crikey. <laughs> Jeez, squeeze. Move that fat ass. <laughs> <coughs> Jericho telling the commentary to him to move out of the way. On the world's narrowest table. Well, we saw the tables earlier for the Moxley match. These are just as rickety. Oh, oh my God. France Tanahashi with a DDT. <laughs> the table didn't give way. <laughs> Come on, baby. Oh, my word. Oh, well, Jericho completely fell off the table, buckled the legs. Well, referee is letting things go. The country table. Jericho's so out of shape, he can't even climb over the barricade anymore. He has to walk around through the gate. That's what I'd be pleased with, actually, if it was the WWE little fence. <coughs> oh, Jericho's sending Tanahashi in. The commentary on the match has kind of been knocked offline for the time being. Oh, so is the English announce table kind of like the equivalent to the Spanish yes. announce table over, yeah. over here? Yeah. <laughs> and now Jericho will a knee. <laughs> I thought this was a slow motion replay. <laughs> Honest to God, I did. Jericho now going up to the second rope. Taking a seat for a little while. He's breathing quite heavily, isn't he? And he does make the sound sound slow, like he's always done, which is good. <laughs> Ask him, ref. It's a slap to the side of the head. There's been a lot of trading the forearms here tonight. <clears throat> yes, this isn't your uh, technical masterclass that we've seen in the past couple of matches. This is the most W that you could actually bring. I would say at the moment it is, yeah, Jericho's wrestling that exact style. And now he's mocking Tanahashi by playing the guitar. Oh, Jericho's going to take a risk. Now he's going to get a flare bump off the top. <laughs> going all the way up, playing the guitar, taking a sweet-ass time. Here he comes. Was that a frog splash? I think it was an attempt. He just belly flopped. Look at Tanahashi smirking. No, James, as a guy with a cigarette on his gob, he's got a smile on his face because he knows Jericho is slow and fat and can barely move. And now this might be uh, Tanahashi's chance to put Jericho away. Jericho sending him over the top, but skinning the cat. Makes his way back in. Alashawn Michaels. Alashawn Michaels. Tanahashi fire off with a few forearms, but Jericho versus the Irish whip. <coughs> Tanahashi with a takedown. Jericho oh. pulling the referee in the way for the splash. And then old Red Shoes taken down, and Jericho with a low blow. And the fans aren't happy about that. And finally, the commentary team back, and Jericho's belt is coming off. And oh, just like Hulk Hogan, whipping the back. If he does the old uh, back rake as well, you know, he certainly is channeling his inner Hogan. Well, he's done belt and ref bump, low blow. All we need now is the rest of uh, the inner circle to come down, interrupt the match. Oh! Oh, no, Jericho eats a low blow of his own. Turnabout's fair play. <laughs> They've got their monitors, but why don't you just look in the ring? Because they're both too... <coughs> And now both men down. No clear advantage either way. Well, I say two men. Three men down. Yes, old Red Shoes, the ref. 
is down and out at the moment. He's the old Hebner of Japan. Oh, I say old Hebner. Does he still show? No, he does. That's what I say. He's a respectable referee of Japan. Charles Robinson. Yeah, okay. That's a good one. Charles Robinson. And Tanahashi runs into a boot with Jericho. Going for the bulldog. But Tanahashi runs through, sends him into the second rope. Splash to the back of Jericho. And now Jericho had all sorts of trouble. And like a senton bomb off the second rope. But no, can't get Jericho down. He managed to kick out. Uh-huh. <coughs> and now shots in the gut of Jericho. Tanahashi runs the ropes, but runs into a back elbow from Jericho. Chris Jericho looking for the lion suit, perhaps, but gets pushed over the top rope. Completely misses the ramp. Now Tanahashi looking to capitalise on this, going up to the top rope. Jericho up to his feet on the outside. Huge oh. crossbody. Well, both men down on the outside and those tiny little mats. Like a frog splash crossbody. <coughs> well, referee Cantley, Jericho looking, he's not going to be able to get back in. Oh, Jericho helped into the ring. Dragon screw leg whip and a drop kick to the thigh and another dragon screw leg whip. Jericho falls into the ring. Well, Tanahashi turned it up there with the attack on the leg and now looking to end things now. He wants Jericho to get up. He's going to put him away. No. Jericho for the breaker. Dragon screw leg whip and holds on to the leg. And a second one as Jericho was back on the mat. And now his leg is caught again. And the damage on the knee. Oh, wait a minute. Tanahashi going up. Got to look to put Jericho away and be number one contender. Fog splash. Oh, Jericho with the knees up. Knees up, mother brain. Now Jericho. Lion salt. Can't capitalise because his right knee is buggered. Manages to go for the cover. Two. No, just a two. Ooh. And maybe that was just fantastic strategy by Tanahashi. Looking towards the future by damaging the knee. No, the impact, especially with the code breaker as well, actually. Absolutely. That damage to the leg. Well, that's what Jericho might be looking for the Judas effect. No, it gets caught. Tanahashi looking for a deadlift German. Can't quite lift the vast mass of Jericho. Manages to get him over. Two. Fr- oh, no. no, just a two count. Two. And there comes Tanahashi with a head of steam onto Jericho. He takes the legs out. Gets the walls of Jericho locked in. Oh my god, look at the back of Tanahashi just bent out of shape. Nowhere to go and surely... Don't call me Shirley. He has to submit. Ask him, ref. Well, the referee might have to stop this soon. Tanahashi in serious trouble. He's been in this hold a very long time now. Referee checking. Ask him, ref. How long can Tanahashi hold on for? He's trying to bridge out if he can. And Jericho still got a hold. And he's still managing to row out the way. Very impressive. You know, Jericho's still got a hold of the legs. Fights out. Successfully. Swing blade. Oh, now Tanahashi picking up Jericho. Tanahashi drops the elbow straight to the sternum of Y2J. And here he comes. He's going to try and put Jericho away. Again up top. Mr. Fog Splash earlier. Maybe think second time lucky. Jericho's up to his feet. Oh. Flying cross body but gets caught with the old code breaker. The old code breaker. <laughs> the old Cody breaker. Okay, Jericho, get over to uh, Tanahashi and get the pin. This will be it. One, two, no. Oh. Tanahashi managing to kick out. Oh. Jericho can't believe it. He's nearly in tears saying, what's it going to take put this man down? I don't know, eh? Now Jericho said to get up. Judas effect time. He says he's a champion. Going to put Tanahashi, who's shown he's a worthy challenger. But now is not his time. Tanahashi ducks the Judas effect. Hits a right and a code breaker of his own. 
Goes for the cover. No. Jericho managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Now Tanahashi needs him. Swing raid attempt. No, Jericho catches him. Thanks for the walls of Jericho. Oh, my God. Jericho's got him. Tanahashi fighting with everything he's got. That bad knee and all. And he managed to turn it to a pin. Rolls up Jericho. Two. No. That was the rolls of Jericho. Couldn't get the job done. Managed to kick out. Uh-huh. Tanahashi hits the twist and shout. Oh my goodness, Jericho's in trouble. Here comes Tanahashi. Swing blade into the cover. One, two, no. And again, Jericho just managed to get a shoulder up at two. Two. The crowd definitely in this one. They're definitely into Tanahashi. He got caught last time he came off the top. This time he's hoping it would be a little bit different. Here he comes. Cross body. Rolls through by Jericho though. And he managed to grab the legs. He's caught Tanahashi. Can he turn him? He's in trouble. Oh, my God. He's caught. Jericho sits down him. He sits that vast bulk onto the back of Tanahashi. And the walls of Jericho in, the line tamer, whatever you want to call it. Jericho looks like he's got a bit of internal bleeding going on. But now he's going to cause it to break the back of Tanahashi. What can this man do? He's putting a valiant effort, but Jericho's got him. Nowhere to go. Tanahashi giving everything he's got, though. Jericho just keeps wrenching back. Oh, my God. And he's got him in a position with a leg, and now he's got no chance. He's got no choice. Tanahashi taps, and Jericho, well, he's still your AEW champion, but he knows Tanahashi won't be challenging him anytime soon. It might be good for him. Dan, what do you think of the match? Well, as I was saying, Jeremy, it is the most WWE match that I have seen on this card, and I have seen since probably watching WWE. Um... You know, there is no doubt that Jericho is too old and too tired to be trying to go toe-to-toe with, uh, unlike Tanahashi. Tanahashi, he would have had a ten times better match with someone that can actually move in the ring and kind of uh, match his pace, match his strength, agility, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, it wasn't a terrible match, but it didn't need to go on for as long as it did. I've enjoyed, I, I really enjoyed it, I tell you. I mean, it was a story told. Uh, with the kind of younger guy going against the older guy. I know we've kind of seen it before. But for what Jericho's limited moveset, he did everything he could in this match. Do you know what I mean? Jericho, at this point, couldn't have done any more than he could in this matchup with the moves and the stuff he tried. That's all Jericho can do. Sometimes he doesn't do it all in matches, and it's nice to know he goes all out in Japan, you know. Tanahashi looks like a kind of really good um, competitor. Obviously, he's working personality a little bit. But I think it was uh, another really good match on the card. All right, so it's night one main event. It's the IWGP Heavyweight Championship on the line. Kajuki Okada, the champion, versus Kota Ebushi. We've just seen their entrance, and Dan, I'll tell you what, the Rainmaker's entrance is WrestleMania-esque, really, isn't it? It is a very, very elaborate entrance. I mean, you know, he's had two kind of entrances for the price of one, <laughs> and he is going against Kota Ibushi, the man who I picked for the CWC tournament. Yeah, and Kota Ibushi, we talked about Zack Sabre Jr. earlier, what the years it's been for Kota Ibushi to be facing the heavyweight champion. That's how much he's come along. Someone must have seen it all those years ago. But the entrances for both men, but Akada, you know, glowing in the dark as he's now coming out here, is amazing, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It wasn't so long ago he was facing Kenny Omega. Well, this was clearly going to be a long match since they wrestled a slow pace for the first 15 minutes or so. And I both men trying to speed up a little bit. Kota Ibushi's got a bit of powerbomb. Sit out powerbomb for Ibushi. No, only a two count. Two. And it works better. 
on a wrestler than a like, bowl. Hey, James. Yeah, well, that, is that how weird is that? Not like ECWC, but a man who's featured the most ridiculous. There's a wrestler blow up doll, and now he's wrestling the best New Japan have to offer. You know, there's no doubt. Carter, talk about wrestling Kenny Omega, people AJ Styles, Nakamura, been there and done that. The Rainmaker is the best in New Japan. Dakota Bushi has shot up recent times. And he doesn't look out of place. He looks in great shape as well, does Dakota Bushi. Absolutely amazing shape, yeah. Very ripped. Well, he just runs into a drop kick from Okada. Now Okada's picking him up for a tombstone. So we've seen a last ride and a tombstone. If we see a chokeslam, James. Well, we saw chokeslam in the uh, Archer match. And after the tombstone, not pinning the Bushi, maybe that's a little bit of respect towards him. Maybe look to finish him off and uh, Ibushi realises, holds on to that top rope. But it's interesting to see Okada because a lot of people talk him up and to finally see him in action, to see how good he really is and we know how good Ibushi is. Again, it's another man made decision to go to Japan and he's in a much better place than he would be. He'd be part of the CWC group if he had stayed. A bit like Zack Sabre Jr. really. Uh, 205 but, Live original. You know, it's um, if uh, Alexander and Ali are able to make the jump up, you know, maybe... Uh, Kota Ibushi could have done the same as well as Zack Sabre Jr. Well, there's one man as well. Let's not forget Hideo Itami's come back to uh, New Japan has been successful. That's uh, Kenta, of course, with the GTS finisher as well. So they've got a lot of talent as a forearm strike to Ibushi. Had no effect. And Ibushi doesn't seem to be blocking or responding. He's just standing there taking what Okada has to offer. <clears throat> well, this Ibushi is not a man to be messed with. Oh, my God. And responds with a huge palm strike to the chest. But Okada with a seated drop kick. But Ibushi just sits up and he just swipes his nose. I suppose that's a sign of disrespect towards his opponent. Okada is the IWGP heavyweight champion. And Ibushi now has got the better of him. And if this is a boxing match, it'd be over. Referee saying no closed fists. Ibushi's just uh, mocking Okada. But should he be taking him so lightly, James? Well, there's a reason why he is the IWGP heavyweight champion of the world. At this moment in time, Ibushi's staying on top of Okada, which is a great thing to do. But Okada, as it is New Japan's best, it is a mistake to try and wind him up as well. We know how dangerous he is. You can't underestimate Okada, not even for a second. But Ibushi now just getting in with the strikes as well. And the fans don't like Ibushi doing this. The referee's trying to put him away. Ibushi's just uh, giving him a few gentle kicks. Well, Red Shoes saying, come on, Ibushi, you're better than that. So is every single referee just called Red Shoes? No, that's that is Red Shoes again. Oh, that is his... Yeah, yeah he's... The same... Wrestling... His, yeah, yeah. He's, he's refereeing... Oz Robertson of, of New Japan. Uh-oh, and now Ibushi's trying to... German suplex Okada in from the second rope. Okada fighting out, grabs Ibushi across his shoulder. Uh-oh, now on the apron. Referee trying to stop it. Ibushi manages to reverse it. Sends Okada up onto his own shoulder. Looking to javelin him into the uh, ring post. A little bit more room to work. Well, as the Cardinal picks up Ibushi. Tombstone onto the hard part of the ring. Ibushi rolls to the outside. The second tombstone he's taken. But Card has been involved in a war here with Ibushi. Because you can see he's not been able to recover. He's getting his breath back as well. It's quite a terrible move to view in slow motion. But i got to say, credit to the fire stick and credit to... Um, New Japan well to be able to watch it without any problems. This is the last match on the card. What have you thought of the the paper? Do you think I've I've paced it out quite well at this moment in time? Um, absolutely, yeah. You know, we've uh, I've certainly given it a lot of time, and you know, being over two nights, it's kind of like basically the whole WrestleMania. 
just put into two nights, which would probably be a more pressure. Well, Carla brings Ibushi in. It's a net breaker. Goes for the cover, but Ibushi somehow gets his shoulder up at two. Two by Carla. Doesn't stop there. And again, focusing on the neck and the top of the back of Ibushi. Again, goes for a cover, but Ibushi managing to kick out. Uh-huh. I've seen a lot more variations of suplexes and stuff. In, in tonight's show as well than we have done, I think, recently in the American. I mean, NXT is great, but this is sometimes... Would you say it's sometimes next level or just different? Do you know what I mean? It's um, I'd say it's different. You know, it is... Again, it, if it's not better, then it's a very close second. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see it, and it's great to, to see the different moves as well. And a card are now going to try to finish Ibushi. Oh, my God. And a snap German just folds Ibushi up. <laughs> you hear the fud on the mat. He's got the wrist and maybe he's looking for the Rainmaker. Oh, Kota Ibushi managing to fight out with a few back elbows. Hits a huge lariat. Drops Okada. My God. Like, like his own. Well, the fans who fought Ibushi are out are now happy he's back in this match. The momentum has swung once again. Ibushi with a kick, so now I've got a card on the apron. What's the, uh, Ibushi thinking now? He's perched on the second rope. Waist lock. Oh, my God. Oh! <laughs> Folds off Okada with a huge German from the second. Only gets a two count. Two. Wow. Well, the strength to pick someone up on the second rope. German him overhead in the ring. Huge impact. Now, Bushi looking to put Okada away. Going to look to try and throw him. Now, Okada blocks it again. Oh! A twisted tombstone this time. Now setting him up for the Rainmaker. No, Ibushi hits the clothesline of his own. Ibushi knew he didn't have a lot left in him. Yeah, take like a card down. Ibushi trying to get his bearings back. Bearings, sponsored by Zen. For all your bearing needs. <laughs> and now trying to take a card. A card might be dead weight. A huge kick. And now here comes Ibushi with a knee. Like a King Shasha. Just a one count. One. A huge knee to the back of the head. Well, this time, though, he got a two. Two. Well, Ibushi thinking next time he hits a knee, that'll be over. Here he comes with a knockout kick. Takes him down. Oh, my God. Grabs hold of the arms and then thrusts the knee in his face. Goes for the cover. No, Okada managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Well, the fans thought Ibushi was going to be the new IWGP MA champion. Okada managing to keep himself in this match, but for how long? He's going to go for it again. Now Okada manages to get his whole body up and deliver a drop kick to Ibushi. And that was beautiful on the button. <clears throat> and referee has no choice but to count. The fans reacting to this one. Both men look absolutely drained from this uh, hard-hitting affair between these two guys. Well, I've no idea which way it's going to go at the moment. Both men giving everything. I don't know if Okada can be beaten, but Ibushi just looks great. I want Ibushi to win. I think it would be fantastic if he could. We've seen ch- titles changing hands throughout the night. New tag team champions, of course. New uh, junior heavyweight champion. New US champ. Now both on their knees. And Ibushi with a forearm. Ibushi thinks he's got a card of beaten. When the crowd perks up like that, I think someone's kind of either walking through down the aisle to interfere with the match. They're <laughs> uh, actually emotionally invested into the action. I think the Japanese fans are better than the rest uh, American fans. In, in that way. Yeah. They've added more to the product, don't they, with these two? Absolutely, yeah. They get completely invested into the match. And, you know, they're, I bet none of them are sat there looking at their phones either. No, I bet they're all 
Eyes on this, just cheering, clapping, booing as Ibushi with a kick to the, the face of Okada. And follows up with a left kick, spinning heel kick, and Ibushi just falls down exhausted. He's expelled a lot of energy in this match. Well, it has been these two, you know, two of New Japan's elite definitely going up against anything that the world has to offer at this moment in time. But Carter is the uh, crown jewel as he gets set up on top. Ibushi with a double underhook. Drag Okada to the top turnbuckle. Oh my god, and now he's got the arms hooked. Okada realising with all his strength, trying to fight back. Oh my god, and he's got him up on top. Okada managing to fight out. He's stiff elbows to the jaw of Ibushi, drops him to the mat. Oh! oh but Okada gets caught with a set-out powerbomb as he jumps from the top. Oh! Only getting a two count. Two! No, Ibushi cannot believe it. What is it going to take? To put him down. Call him for it. He's stumbling over to the top. Here he comes. Oh, my God. Phoenix splash. Akala moves. He's got a bushy now. Oh. It's the Rainmaker. Rainmaker on target. But Akala not finishing there. Well, he knows that won't put a bushy down. Hits a second. Folds him up. One. No. <laughs> Ibushi managing to kick out. Oh. Uh. Of two, two Rainmakers. Maybe it is Ibushi's time to be IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Maybe Akada just can't put this young man away. 40,000 eyes on the action here. 40,008, James. <laughs> and an extra two. Two. Right here is Ibushi. Four. Two sets. Oh. I'm not going to argue with you. Akada got the arm of Ibushi. Is it going to be third time lucky? Akala cannot believe it. Oh, and another one. But Akala shaking his head and saying, no. Another Rainmaker. Oh, my God. He's hit him with at least four Rainmakers. At least 12 Rainmakers. But he still doesn't believe that's enough. Ibushi looks out on his feet. But ducks the third attempt at a Rainmaker. Gets caught with a kick to the face. A burning knee. And a scream and the last bit of energy. Goes for the knee. No. Akala takes him down with a suplex, picks him back up. Rainmaker. One, two, three. Oh, my God. Akada beats Ibushi, for the, and he's still WGP heavyweight champion. Dan, got to take a breath. What a match that was between two men. Well, you know, I just want to say props to Kota Ibushi. He went as far as any man could go. To try and dethrone the champion. And comes up just too short. I mean it took what? Six Rainmakers? At least by my count? ten, yeah. And you know. Um, it started off slow. And you know again it's kind of a telling. That this is going to be a long hard hitting affair. And you know. It, it didn't disappoint. Both of these guys put every single ounce of energy. They absolutely had in their body. To deliver absolutely amazing match unbelievable stuff what um, an event to have here uh, between these two men like you said to go away he come away from this not hurt at all because he pushed the champion to his absolute limit there's no doubt he belongs alongside rubbing shoulders with someone like a card as well you know can i just say that the winner of this match actually goes on to the double dash the following night so after like a 14 minute thriller uh okada has got to face and correct me if i'm wrong but 
Tetsuya Nato DP Intercontinental Championship. That is right, because Nato won earlier. So let's get on to it then. So we get on to the night two. Two. Main event is the double gold dash for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and IWGP Intercontinental Championship. It's Kajujuka Akada, the Heavyweight Champion, versus Tetsuya Nato, who's the Intercontinental Champion. Well, yes, Nato worked over Okada's neck early on in the match, including a neck breaker on the floor at ringside. Okada eventually took over on offense, and he tried to hit the Rainmaker early on, but Nato countered him with elbows. Moments later, Okada tried to pick up Nato and drive him into the announcer's table, but Nato fought back, but Okada was able to pick him up and drive his knee into the table. Well, Nato was barely able to get back in the ring for the 20 count, Akada hit a German suplex to try for the Rainmaker, but Nato counted into a swinging DDT off the ropes. He then hit a poison runner off the top and almost pinned Akada. The replay showed the back of his head hat. Moments later, Akada surprised Nato with a drop kick, but Nato no sold it and hit the Destino. Well, Akada barely kicked out. Ah. Uh. As it looked like that was going to be the finish, Nato tried the Destino again, but Akada countered and then hit the drop kick. Both men exchanged some stiff forearm shots as they were clearly exhausted. After some counters, Okada hit the Rainmaker. He tried it again but ended up hitting a spinning tombstone. Okada hit the Rainmaker again and then went for the pin on Nato, but Nato kicked out uh-huh. at the 30-minute mark. Okada tried to sit down tombstone, but Nato fought his way out of that. Well, Nato spit in Okada's face and Okada followed up by driving Nato's knee into the mat. He then hit two more consecutive Rainmaker clotheslines and then followed up with a third attempt but was counted into a Destino by Nato. Okada kicked out. Ah. Uh-huh. Well, Nato hit the Stardust press off the top but Okada kicked out. Ah. Uh-huh. Incredible match. Nato hit the Cradle Padre and, you know, and then pinned Okada to become the double champion. Yeah, it was an incredible match. Nato grabbed the mic and said he would love to wrestle Okada again. He also addressed the fans, but then Kenta came up for an attack NATO from out of nowhere. No, James, nothing happens out of nowhere but an RKO. Okay, hit him from behind, and now did with a knee to the face and a GTS. Well, Okada had been the champion for nine months since beating Jay White at the G1 Supercard during WrestleMania weekend last April at Madison Square Garden. It was his fifth IWGP Heavyweight title reign since 2012. Well, he last held the heavyweight belt in 2016 for losing to a card at Dominion. The 37-year-old finally got his revenge for the defeat by becoming the first dual champion in NJPW history. But the moment was short-lived due to a post-match attack from Kenta, who celebrated holding the two titles. Well, the next major shows, major shows. for New Japan will be the new beginning on February the 9th in Osaka Hall and 48th anniversary charge the 4th. It seems likely that at least one of these events will feature the Mo- will feature the Moxley Suzuki match and NATO defending his belts against Kenta. Yeah, so that is it. So let's just look back at the uh, the show. We started off with the Liger retirement match, which I thought was a great story told. All in all, I gave it three and three quarters out of five. I think that's fair enough to say. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, then we had the uh, tag team match, tag team titles. You thought it was a bit too American, didn't you? In this one, I did. Yeah. I gave that a three and a half out of five. Then we had Archer versus Mox. A great hard-hitting encounter. How do you think Moxley is now? He looks good, doesn't he? He does look quite good, yeah. You know, he looks in incredible, unbeatable shape. Yeah, without that, and he is. He won both his matches, and he looks great at this moment of time. I gave that a four out of five. Osprey versus Takahashi. What a match that was. Absolutely, yeah. It was a great, um, very athletic counter, you know, kind of counter-wrestling uh, both men very technical and agile as well. Yeah, 
I think match of the year candidate, and which just started off in January, for me that was a five out of five match, and that is going up there, I would say. Uh, we then had Zack Sabre Jr. having a technical masterpiece against Sonada. I thought that was a four and a quarter out of five. A great, great story told. And then Jericho versus Tanahashi. You didn't like that, did you? I didn't know. Jericho looks really out of shape, and it was the most WWE match that I've seen for a while. Yeah, so I go at three and three quarters, even though I thought it was good. And then Akada Ibushi, our main event here, four and a half out of five. Uh, as Akada impressed me, what do you, what do you think of Akada? Um, absolutely, yeah. You know, the man went 45 plus minutes in two matches, which is absolutely incredible, you know, over two nights. Um, you could tell by the end of the second match that he was getting absolutely exhausted, though. And, you know, I thought for um, a wrestler to do. You reckon? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's I think, great for Akada. And Ibushi looked fantastic as well. Uh, I would say my match of the night was Osprey versus uh, Takahashi, without doubt. Uh, who was your man of the, the show out of everything we saw? Who did you like the most? Um, I, I'd have to say ZSJ. ZSJ, I've got to say Ibushi. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant, you know, in his losing effort. Uh, and I, I think he deserves everything. I think that match was really, really good. And of course, Osprey as well should, should be said. But yeah, fair enough. And your score out of 10. For the show, um, I would have to go eight and three quarters. You know, it was a very strong card. Um, there was, you know, the Jericho side of things. I think that was a kind of a bit of a letdown. It's it was an unnecessary addition to the card, to say. Um, but everything else, it kind of delivered or exceeded expectations. Yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. So that's why I'm going to give it a nine and a quarter to start off the uh, new year. Uh, I think it's something that completely different. I think something that's needed in the podcast. I think watching New Japan, it hasn't felt out, it hasn't felt wrong, has it? It hasn't felt weird. It was a, a great show, and everything was, I think, put together well as well. And it, it, all the matches kind of made sense. And I think we see some great things and some stars of the future. And I think we'll definitely watch New Japan in the future as well, won't we? You know? Absolutely, yeah. It'll be a great addition to the WNR podcast. Yeah, I think without that. So nine o'clock to start off. So the answer is Dan. Can NXT take over? Better Wrestle Kingdom, what do you reckon right now? NXT UK? Yeah, tomorrow night. We, well, tomorrow afternoon, even at 3pm, we are live for our uh, TakeOver pre-show. Do you think the TakeOver Blackpool 2, two. Uh, can be better than Wrestle Kingdom tonight? I think it can be as good or better in quality, mm. but not quantity. Because quantity, I mean, you know, going over two nights... Um, I think that was you know, a good, remarkable thing to do, you know, having it not all crammed into one night, which is a good thing because, you know, they had a few long matches. But I think, you know, the quality over these five matches that we're going to see tomorrow is going to be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well, we are live and, of course, we'll bring you everything, all the shout-outs and the games that we do running through the cards, latest news as well. Um, so that is basically it now for New Japan, but we'll be back uh, of course, like so, live tomorrow. So don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Of course, all the Google platforms. Send us an email to on a podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram as well. Double on a podcast or on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WNR podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Guess what? We are on YouTube, the WNR podcast. You subscribe to our channel there. 
and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube as well. Places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're live on Spreaker Radio, but of course we'll post all the links on Twitter. We're on Stitch Radio and iTunes, where you download, subscribe, rate and review there. Like I say, we are live tomorrow, and of course next weekend we'll bring you the NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool event in its entirety. But until then, I have been James Rylands, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for this, everybody, and bye. Bye.